Welcome to Vanguard Radio. Describe your reaction to the sentence I was handed down on, um, on Monday. I was very shocked. We weren't prepared for that at all. We, we were prepared for a, a, a sentence of about that length, but uh, a, con- a conditional sentence, which would have released me immediately. And, uh, in, in fact, uh, both my lawyer and I are extremely angry at what has happened. We, we regard this as being a function of the public, the political pressure that's been put on the court. And there's talk today that the prosecution is asking for an increased sentence. What's your reaction to that? Well, we're, we're going to go and appeal against the, the, the sentence, obviously, and we're also putting in a, a claim for the, the, the sentence to be, to be voided. But um, I've heard today that the, the, the prosecutor here is appealing for the sentence to be actually increased. Uh, I think they're lunatics here. Welcome to Goy Fire. This is our 29th show. Uh, we're getting up there in age, almost uh, to our 30s, but uh, we're not worried about it. Uh, we're older, wiser, better prepared. Zondo uh, is in the news, as well as David Irving. Rounder, uh, attacked by the NAACP. Brief summary of 9-11 and its various conspiracy theories uh, together with a new movie out called Loose Change. TNB as ever, uh, Navy's quarterback made the news this week as well as another white woman being murdered and uh, we have a hate crime hoax rounded up. Add to that a dead uh, Palestinian girl in Israel at democracy in the Middle East. And a Russian oligarch liquidates his assets. Back to our top story tonight. British historian David Irving was sentenced to three years in prison for denying the Holocaust 17 years ago. An Australian court ruled on Monday. He was sentenced by a court of eight lay jurors and three judges in a case based on remarks he made in a 1989 interview and in speeches when he visited Austria where denying Nazi the Nazi genocide on Jews is a crime Irving who had argued in court that he had denied the Holocaust at the time but had since changed his views said he would appeal the ruling quote I am very shocked, Irving said when he was leaving the courtroom. His lawyer said that he had already lodged an appeal. The prosecutor declined to comment before he had read the full verdict. A sentence of three years cannot be suspended on parole in Austria, meaning Irving, who was arrested in Austria in November, would have to stay in prison if the ruling was confirmed by a higher court. Lots of debate on on vnnforum.com about uh, what Irving should have done, and and uh, I wrote a little about it. Uh, my opinion, the thing is, he's never called himself a white nationalist. You have to look at it from his point of view first, and then from our point of view. From his point of view, he's a best-selling author, done it all on his own against the system. He's not a trained 
academic historian. He's an actual historian who digs things up and doesn't just cite other people. And so in the course of his researches and labors, he comes across facts that he didn't really unearth himself, but uh, he simply cited them in the course of his work. And it backs up the people called the revisionists, who ought to be called the factualists. I mean, first of all, they're ceding the, the terminological ground to their opponents, which they should not do because it's a political war. And the Holocaust allegers, the Holocaust promoters, the Holocaust fraudsters and scamsters need to be uh, beaten from the term onward, the term to the frame. And, and uh, they're, they're Barnum, they're showmen, they're, they're putting out some, some garbage and they're making money off of it. And so revisionist is the wrong word because it sounds vaguely dishonest and sneaky when in fact the, the sneaky ones are the, uh, the people promoting the Holocaust, the producers of it. So he can't be a whole... He can't study the Holocaust because it didn't happen. So he may reveal facts that uh, about what actually happened to the Jews of World War II, and that's what he did. And uh, even that was enough for the Jews to start smearing him and reducing his audience to uh, white nationalists, who then assume that he is a white nationalist, but he is not, and he never said he was. But for him to stand up there and say that he was wrong, that there were gas chambers, is a tremendous mistake. When you're a historian, you're playing for the ages. And I know that he has kids, and I know that he has difficult circumstances, but the fact is, he's an old man. I, I heard him say when he spoke that he was going to, I believe, finish working on his book on Hitler, or on Himmler, and then he was going to write his memoirs, and, and that was probably pretty much it. So, you know, he can sit there in prison and, and write as well, as, uh, almost as well as anywhere else. And when you're playing for all time, you just cannot go back on what you've said uh, without losing your reputation. Now, if there's no gas chambers there, that's what he's got to stand before that court and say and, and try to do it like Hitler did and <laughs> say, look, you know, you can you can throw me in jail for something that wasn't even against the law when I said it. They, they, this is a total ex post facto case that really shows how strong the Jewish control is of Austria. Uh, but uh, when he said this in 89, it wasn't against the law. So they're trying it for a law that was passed after the behavior action in question, which is uh, <laughs> there's something not quite right about that. And as other people have pointed out, if he'd stolen a car or he'd done X, Y, or Z, the statute of limitations would have run out in 16 years. Um, but I, I'm very disappointed that, that he, he is one of the most, whether he's a white nationalist or not, he's one of the most prominent people who has spoken in public repeatedly the truth that there were no gas chambers at Auschwitz. And uh, for him to go back on that damages his reputation in a way that the Jews never could. They, they can do whatever to him, but as long as he sticks to the truth, future generations will, and, and historians, his own people, will vindicate him. And, right. and well, he, well, he places that at risk. And I, I would think he would have more respect for for himself and for the truth and for his place in history. Okay, well, to do that. Playing, playing the devil's advocate here for a second, uh, getting back to the, the only quotes that made it across the the mainstream press, which you know is sometimes suspect and can be taken out of context, the perverse uh, media, the Jew controlled right. media, where you have to fight the reporter for the story. Yeah. These are the sentences that actually made it over the wires. Now, see, I'm sort of uh, going to say that Irving was playing a semantic game, uh, trying not to incriminate himself, and yet at the same time not. Uh, uh, making uh, a fool of himself. Mm -hmm. uh, so he says here, quote, 
I would ask if he admitted the existence of the Holocaust. He replied, quote, I would call it the Jewish tragedy in World War II. Okay, that's pretty, you could look at it either way. Okay, and then, quote, yes, there were gas chambers, he said. Millions of Jews died. There is no question. I don't know the figures. I'm not an expert on the Holocaust. Well, if we're, I mean, if we look at it this way, let's say if we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, you could say uh, there were gas chambers, but they were for <laughs> delousing. Millions of Jews died, perhaps, but in the course of World War II, not necessarily in those gas chambers. And then so that I rejoined. First, first of all, do you think he was trying to slick it on the uh, gas chamber thing? I think he was trying to slick it, to tell you the truth, because there was Silicon B delousing gas chambers. Yeah, I understand for uh, fumigating the clothes to get rid of the right. fleas. And he was, he's probably well aware of that. So by technically admitting there were gas chambers, he's not necessarily saying that they were used for the uh, execution of millions of Jews. Mm, maybe, but I mean, we'd have to have the, the whole transcript of the trial and either way it's going to be reported that, that you know the, the most prominent holocaust revisionist recants and he knows that so I, I i don't know it's possible i guess i i would tend to think that uh but uh, but on the question of millions of jews dying that's absolutely not true i mean they have they have the records from the red cross and from the soviet archives and they know that there were a few hundred thousand and in auschwitz there were what like seventy thousand dead and maybe forty thousand of them were jews i think that's about the latest so there's no millions of Jews. They just they act like Germany rounded them up and killed them when actually what they did was progressively put in legislation that made it uh, harder for Jews to pretend they were Germans, and that encouraged a lot of them to leave. And what you're seeing today as they gear up the campaign uh, of lies and intimidation against Iraq is that just what we saw, or I'm sorry, Iran, what you're seeing is the same thing as we saw with Iraq. They're talking about Nazi uh, Iraqi links or Nazis in the Grand Mufti in Jerusalem, but what they don't tell you is, yeah, the Nazis were talking to Muslims, but they were dealing with the Zionists, the Jews too. They were working with the Zionists to get the Jews out of Germany and into uh, Palestine. So the, the Jews will never tell you the full truth because it's not in their interest. Yeah, Israel itself was a national socialist experiment, and it still is. With the it, yeah, it is, and everything else. Nazism was kind of a mirror of Judaism in that it it, it was a in in group out group a double a dual code system for goyim specifically Germans but applicable to to all goyim it is a way to fight back against a group that's hostile to you if people say okay Hitler put a, a yellow star on the Jew well that's because physically sometimes they're hard to make out from Germans and when they're pursuing their group interest and they're a hostile alien element well it helps to identify them. This had been done in England too. I think uh, I read, is uh, it King Edward back in the, uh, you know, a thousand years ago was making Jews wear strips of yellow cloth. So it's not a new thing. People always have recognized the Jews as an inherent danger, and forced them to identify themselves in in uh, n numerous ways, so that ordinary people can know that this is your enemy. This this thing walks among you and looks like a man, but it's not. It's your enemy. And we need to relearn that lesson today. When Jews right, are on top well. of the society it's not possible to identify them without being thrown in jail or rebut their lies without being thrown in a concentration camp. And uh, we're paying the price for letting them get away with it.
they're murdering America. And uh, this is what we see in Europe. You know, you can't even speak the plain truth about what happened to the Jews in World War Two. Yeah, you so. can't even question uh, the official statement. Yeah, they'll haul you in 16 years after the fact and, and say. But I'm disappointed he didn't say. I think he owed it to himself more than anyone into the truth. And to, to it, it all lines up. This is what he studies. This is what he found. There were no gas chambers in which Jews are gassed. He knows that's true. I think even his own brother said that that's more or less what he's, he believes his brother is saying under his breath. And his brother is the total opposite. He's into, he's into mixing races and celebrating Jews. So his brother doesn't believe that he believes what he said. And it, did it work? Was it tactical? Did it work? I mean, I don't know. Would he really have gotten that much more time if he just said, look, this is what I said. It was true then, it was, and it's true today. Do your damnedest. You're going to look like a fool in history. I'll suffer whatever I have to, but I'm not backing down from the truth. That's what he should have done. Yeah, right. And he right. and people people on VNN forum are saying, oh, no one's backing him or white nationalists won't protect their own. Well, first of all, one, it really angers me because some of you, you need to get out there and start trying it. And you see the forces aligned against you. You're being awfully critical of people who are doing a lot. There is a lot of support for VNN, and Irving has a hell of a lot of support. I would bet that most of the people on the forum at one time or another have heard Irving speak or have donated to help him, even though he is not technically one of us. So we are trying. It, it, it's a very, it really is, like I said, it's trying to raise a barn in a hurricane, coping with these people who are continually harassing you. And when you don't have the legal protection, and that's more, that, that is the organizing difficulty that white nationalists face, as we'll see later, to, later in the show when we're talking about these niggers down in South Missouri uh, bitching about us putting out a newspaper that they don't like and, and them wanting to claim that we're targeting someone. So it's, it's not a matter of free speech. We shouldn't be allowed to do it. You see, this is the kind of thing that we battle. So let's not get critical of the whites. It's not like the Republicans and Democrats are loaded with principled people. I mean, look at what they've done in Iraq. They just lied a bunch and started killing people. Look at Abramov. They're all, they're all on the take from these dirty kikes. We're the ones standing against them, and we're supposedly the bad guys. We are the good guys. So I'm a little yeah, well, disappointed in Irving, but what are you going to do? I, I don't, yeah. If he was trying to be clever, what did it get him? I mean, I, I think Irving, Irving underestimates feels, the Jews. Yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. Irving, in my impression... And, and I think this is, it's not just Irving, it's something that we all face. We cannot truly appreciate how the Jews think, and we cannot truly viscerally feel how paranoid and absolutely hateful they are of us dirty goyim, in particular us Aryans. And therefore we tend to underestimate um, the evil lengths they will go to. They're very vicious people, and they don't just lie and smear and, and sick you know, IRS or whatever on people. They murder people. And so I think there's a little bit of naivety in, in his going back to, uh, to Austria. And I, and I think in a lot of ways, he, he has kind of a view, oh, we're going to be gentlemen here. And, you know, at the end of the day, where it's just, you know, I have a difference in view, and they're going to respect that. But these guys are hardcore. They, they will lie, smear, murder anybody that gets in their way. And, and he does not fully appreciate that. And his whole thing is, oh, look, you know, the, the Jews are setting themselves up to bring down the same kind of problems they did in Germany and and he doesn't realize, like, you can't touch on that and then come away with it without them smearing you. As he always, he, he always thinks, look, this is a sideline to my real business, which is real history. He's like, you know, how much can he write about something that didn't happen? He just he, he came across facts and he reported them. What more do you want? Well, that gets him banned from all these places. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, what, the, what they don't understand, what he doesn't fully appreciate is that Jews are the be-all and the end-all. 
And things only matter to the extent they interfere with or support the Jewish agenda. We see this when we pass out our paper. No non-Jew is ever motivated by anything but either a desire to help or hurt Jews. They can never have any goals in their own right or any interests or any thoughts that aren't either for or against Jews because that's all that matters. And, and even the goyim have come to think that this is what is so amazing. The press, every bit as much as the Protestant uh, preachers, thinks the same way. Jews are front and center. And, and that's, they drive everything. So he's, he's not thinking that. He's thinking, I, I do history, and yeah, I touched on that a little, and here's what I found, but you know, that's not my main thing. But to them, it's everything, partly because they get so much money from it. But yeah, there's no, there's no touching it and walking away. It's a total tar baby. When you deal with a Jewish thing, you either bring the right views to it, or you're going to be smeared and hounded and persecuted. So he, he brought a pea shooter to a gunfight and got blasted. Uh, well... I would say it's more like he's trying to do his stuff and not thinking about all that, but they think about it all the time. They think about a dirty goyim who might criticize them. They're, they're paranoid. They're paranoid people on average, and they are extremely xenophobic, and they've done studies that show that in babies. Their babies are far more xenophobic than white babies. White babies are tolerant. That's the irony of it because they always call us the intolerant inbred ones. Well, they are far more genetically paranoid and hostile to outsiders, and that that manifests in their being able to sense when anything poses a threat to them. And so here's this, bu- this big bear, giant of a, of a historian, bumbling along and, and uh, coming up doing his stuff and uh, getting his honey out of the tree, and, and all of a sudden he wanders into the Jew tree and, and uh, gets some of the honey and, and finds that, hey, these guys are, uh, I'm mixed scrambling the metaphor, but There's he's eating their trap. honey. When he's, tell- when he's telling you the truth about what happened in World War II to the Jews, he's eating their honey very directly, and the Jew bees don't like that. Mm-mm. Okay, they've made, they, they've made a lot of hay, a lot of honey off of uh, off this lie about what happened to them in, in World War II. And I want to give credit, I forget who said it on our forum, but they're like, gee, have you ever noticed in what good shape these Holocaust uh, survivors are? I mean, they just had one. I put, posted letters that turned 100. They're never missing any eyes or limbs. They're perfectly healthy. Those German bastards. So he, he was deluding himself that this was just a, a harmless circus, uh, you know, and uh, 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 we're, we're playing for keeps. Well, I mean... Yeah, that might overstate it. He's not stupid. He knows how hostile. I mean, he's seen it personally. It's just that I still don't think he fully, and I think, like, for him as for really for all of us, it's hard to appreciate how really hateful the Jews are. They're hateful, vicious people. And we we absolutely never see that talked about in any media, in any medium at all, save this show. Uh, but, well, but it's true. See, but that's the thing. He got sucker punched once. And and uh, why he would uh, underestimate the threat, and if he, I think after the second first trial, he made a decision. All right, I'm going to keep this tack. I'm going to keep this line. I'm not going to uh, truckle under the this ridiculous court. Well, well but just, he he yeah. lost it at in this in this trial. He lost his resolve to say, look. This is the way it is, and you know, fuck well, it. Well, Aegis, why would why would he initiate a lawsuit against that ugly Jew, Debbie Lipstadt? I mean, that's just it, it's like he honestly believes you're going to get some kind of justice in these courts when you've got, you know, I was reading somewhere they literally allowed. Uh, <coughs> I keep interrupting myself because I think of further outrages as, as I'm talking. Well, in in Britain today. I don't know if you understand this. Um, 
in most of the English-speaking world, not only can you not describe the truth about minorities, you are not allowed to own a gun. I mean, you are not allowed, allowed to own jack shit to defend yourself in, in the Anglosphere apart from America. Um, and in Britain, it's even to the point where you're not allowed to buy a knife if you're under 18. So they're, they go from gun control to knife control. And my point is that uh, they allowed at, at Irving's trial, and I can't remember where I read this. It may have been on Irving's site. But they allowed Israelis in there with full automatic weapons into his trial. So you think about that. That's how fucking outrageous this is. There's such a complete double standard. I know they have that same law in the U.S. too. Israeli nationals are allowed to roam through the U.S. with fully automatic weapons. There's always a double standard, and it always favors Jews, and it always screws you. And and you know how's the judge going to reach a decision that the, the kikes don't like when they're control the media and they got their own people in there with machine guns? And I mean, it's a big joke. I mean, you've seen the pictures of Bush with all these Orthodox rabbis, just the same as Abramoff. I mean, these are the people who actually control our country, and they are murdering us. As a race, they are murdering us. There's no mistake about it. And I think Irving, Irving it certainly speaks to some kind of naivety that he would try to sue Lipstadt and think that somehow he's going to win when he knows she has millions of dollars to defend herself. And, and who cares what she thinks anyway? No one reads what Debbie Lipstadt writes. I mean, her books are bought maybe by libraries that have to buy them, or else the, the book procurers are anti-Semitic. That's who buys Jew shit. It's not that people want it. It's that there's no other option. And if you don't think that's true, you go to any book sale and you look at the books that no one will buy that are left over after everyone's picked through them. It's always Marx-derived tripe it's it, because there's so much of it. That's what is put out there, 95%. Yeah, it says something about Irving that he would try to sue Lipstadt. Yeah, it's not a game to these fucking pikes. It's their, whole, their whole scam cannot be revealed in any particular by anybody, much less a famous, best-selling historian. And the guy's a damn good writer. I mean, I've read, I haven't read all of his stuff, but I've read a lot of it. And you, you want to read Hitler's War and, and read what he wrote about Dresden, read his Goebbels diary that he has online. He's great stuff. And, and I think he uh, probably ought to be more of a white nationalist than he is, but I think he, he, you know, he's British. He has notions of class, and, and there's no doubt. Britain's a very class-based society, and they, 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 have, uh, they have notions that I certainly don't share. You know, one of, one of the one of the British uh, one of the British writing National Review. You know, at some point it was either Brimlow or it might have been uh, Sullivan says. You know, they don't think we'll ever return to a race-based immigration policy in the U.S. because it wouldn't feel right. You know, like we have this burden to these third worlders. I, I disagree with that completely. But let me just say the British model is has utterly utterly failed to protect our people, and it is just not. There are other things wrong with it, but we ha- we need to go to a dual code. The Nazis showed a lot of how that's done. I mean, you read through what Goebbels wrote, you see what they were trying to do. And what they did, it's not, they didn't try to do it, they did it. They succeeded in identifying the Jews as the other and expelling them from German society, and the people loved it. And you would see the same thing in America. It doesn't have to be done in a Nazi form. You don't have to put on a swastika. I don't find the swastika a compelling symbol myself. Uh, to me, it, it doesn't say this or that. Yeah, I, I don't see it as a positive or a negative. It's somewhat striking, but... You know, the sun you know, doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, it, 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 uh, it's, you don't need this symbol, but the ideas are inescapable. The Jews have a dual code that allows them to compete as a team against us who are only allowed to be individuals. And this allows us, as O'Farrell had a very excellent column at heretical.com, on, uh, uh, this allows the Jewish parasite to take over our sense organs. Right? And, that, and that's what the media really are, as Marshall McLuhan would say. They're extensions of our eyes and our ears, so that all that we know, as Pierce said, about the, the, the world outside of our, our own little ken, 
our own little family and the little people in our community. All we know comes to us through this mass media, which is more powerful than any king or potentate of old. So the Jews are our far eyes. They're our extended eye. They're our microscopes to things. And everything is filtered by these Jews to support their interests. And, and what do we get out of it? Right, exactly. Right food. now. We get, a guy, we get a guy in Europe. The, the outrage here. We have a guy thrown in jail in Europe because he said something that some, somebody doesn't like. He has an opinion that's illegal. Do you understand how uh, uh, Mark Weber said, you know, that's a step back to the Middle Ages law. You know, you're offending the king. You said something to the king. That, hey, fuck the king. Fuck the Jews. Who cares what yeah. they don't like? We can speak the truth of what you want. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a big natural rights guy because if you can't enforce it, then it doesn't, it's not a right. That's, that's Catholic horseshit. Uh, but uh, um, the fact is, we just assert it. We say, no, we speak the truth because we're goddamn well going to do that. I don't care what law you pass. We assert our right to do that. I wouldn't call it a right, but I mean, that's, that's you know, it's like using God. That's what people are, uh, that's the accustomed expression of that. So let's just assert our natural right to speak our own goddamn minds, and we don't care what the Jews say. All right? And that's what Glorifier is all about, and being that. Right. And, and we encourage, well, again, I always say this, we encourage anybody in England or Europe who's oppressed, if you want to speak out, use our forum. We've got a real good, uh, wonderful uh, host, too, uh, Cable Bay Internet, and I encourage people to use it. Um, it's at CableBayInternet.com, and you, they will not kick people off for uh, speaking freely. And they, they are the only provider I know of that, that can truly be set up. Yeah, so let me, I'm putting in a plug for them there. Okay, well, we have a second a second outrage in Europe. Uh, we're moving from Austria uh, to Germany uh, to the city of Mannheim. And here we have uh, Ernst Zundel, uh, who was kicked out of Canada for anti-Semitic writings and sayings, and now he's in, in the courtroom. And uh, right, as you were saying, uh, how the... You know, Jews attack our eyes and ears through the media. Here we have an AP article recording the proceedings there that is is very myoptic and 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 very filtered. But what we can discern through this filtering is at least this one scene. And I'll read. Uh, Stoltz is one of the lawyers now defending him. Stoltz is one of three defense lawyers who insisted the court should examine evidence for the Holocaust. None of them have contested Zundel's alleged statements. However, Zundel is also represented by three court-appointed lawyers who have taken a different tact. Lawyer Ludwig Bach told the court Thursday that it would have to examine the authorship of dozens of statements submitted by prosecutors. Uh, mine Herzhagen adjourned the trial for three weeks so that the participants could study the evidence. Another of the court-appointed lawyers said outside the court that Stoltz's approach was catastrophic. Quote, for me, it's a betrayal, end quote, of Zundel's interest, Hans Ulrich Boyce said. However, Stoltz, who has denounced the court as a, quote, tool of foreign domination, said she had her client's complete trust. So again, we don't really know what's going on there, and and these proceedings uh, are bizarre anyway. Well, it seems at least that Zindel is standing behind what he said, and people should remember that this guy was kicked out of Canada due to Jewish pressure, and he was tricked uh, by the U.S. also. So 
Now, these these are countries in name only. The operating, the actual people operating Canada and and uh, the United States are Jews, and, and every decision is taken with the Jewish agenda in mind, and the American interest, the interest of the Aryans who founded America, is never even considered. They are considered only insofar as how much fodder can they supply at what price. What, what do we have to say to lie to them to trick them into war? That's, that's all they care about. Zundel is a, is a pacifist. He's not even really a white nationalist, but he has stuck to the truth. He, did, he didn't like having Germany defamed when he lived in Canada. He stood up against it and printed books and uh, spoke against Jewish uh, viciousness and Jewish smearing and so gained a reputation, of course, as an anti-Semite. But anybody who criticizes Jews uh, <laughs> gets that treatment. And uh, our our immigration people conspired with the Germans to trick him on a technicality and get him deported over there and now he's uh, now they're deciding but at least he's not backing down from what he said uh, give him credit for that and uh, you know how do we know we're, we're filtered through so many Jews and reading this we're you know the AP reporters probably a Jew AP only circulates stuff that, that to the advantage of Jews and uh, you know interesting that you're only describing the media the way that ADL would like to see you described that tells you who controls the press if we were writing for the AP and, and it was VNN's uh, World Service, we'd say, uh, you know, Irving's on trial for holding an opinion that the, the Jewish controllers of America, Canada, and Germany don't like. You know, throwing people in jail for opinions is, is something out of the Middle Ages. thought we got past that and guarantee that people have a right to speak their mind in Aryan countries. Unfortunately, the Aryan countries are controlled by non-Aryans who don't think the way Aryans do. Their belief is that any criticism of Jews is grounds for uh, being killed. Well, in fact, even that grants them too much credit. Their belief is that non-Jews have no right to exist and may be discarded at will when Jews find them unuseful. And this is an utter sham, and nobody knows about this. What are our papers over here full of? They're, they're full of uh, how dangerous the Muslims are and how we ought to re-sculpt our immigration policy to let in the rest of the third world but uh, keep these horrible Muslims out. And we have to stand with proud Denmark and running uh, cartoons of, of Muslim and, and Islam. You Christians will notice that it's perfectly fine to criticize Muhammad and it's perfectly fine to do your piss Jesuses and have the government funded, but God forbid you speak the simple truth about Jews. I didn't say I didn't say defame, slander, or even ridicule or mock the Jews. I said to print the facts about what happened to them in World War II and, and how they're making use of, of the myth they created. So there's a very strong contrast there. These Normal, ordinary white people are being thrown in jail for criticizing the Jews on factual questions, whereas Jews give themselves every possible freedom to mock your religion, Christianity, or your religion, uh, Islam. Complete double standard, and you'll never hear about it in the press because, you know, half the opinion writers are Jews, almost all the uh, editors and the owners are Jews. And the other, the other uh, 50% of the, the op-ed writers who aren't Jews are afraid of them. <laughs> Manifest. Right. I mean, we saw we saw this week uh, John Derbyshire, who's a, a third worlder over here, taking Americans' job by uh, writing opinions for uh, uh, National Review. Apparently, got fired by them. It's hilarious if you ever go over and read National Review online, which is their blog. Uh, they're all afraid of uh, Podhoretz because they know that uh, he can uh, get them fired. He's this crabby, schmaltzy, uh, uh, really rotund, uh, prickly, classic Jew, paranoid, hostile, extremely aggressive, and. It, it's just so funny. He'll he'll jump on there and make these little. Uh, he'll he'll slap these people, and when they respond to him, it's literally it's professional. They, it's professionally worded because they're so afraid that if they if they get too much on his bad side too many times, 
they're going to get their ass fired, and that may well be what happened to a Derbyshire, who was one of these hint-and-winking Englishmen who, you know, it seems to be loaded with them over here. And and they 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 get the game. They know that Jews control the media. They know that you'd better not say anything about that, or you're fired. And that, but even hinting and winking is often enough to get them gone. National Review fired John Sullivan, and, and uh, they got rid of Derbyshire, and they don't print anything for Brimelow. So these people keep getting shoved uh, outside of the mainstream, which is always you know got to get rid of the Jew critic. So this is on the right is a parallel to what we see just from the government in general. Jews control things, they run it to their own advantage, and <laughs> either you stand against the Jews or you're part of the system. There's no third option. A lot of people right. don't understand that, but those are the real terms. You're either truckling or out in the cold. Yeah. Or you're a dupe. Most people uh-huh. are dupes because they accept the they accept the Republican Democrat, which is sports as politics, which where you don't talk about the principles at all, you just talk about the personalities doing combat. Uh, like it was football or something. Um, actually, football would be more principled than, than politics because um, it's somewhat played by rules, whereas the politics is just these people pretend to be conservative, these people pretend to be liberals, but they're all liberals. They all agree that civil rights is a great thing, and even though civil rights means the opposite of civil rights since it kills free association, uh, right. and as well, we'll see actually, later, it kills free speech too. Associating this, I think perhaps you could say David Irving's defense was a, a hint and wink type defense that uh, didn't work either. And you know why not? Why not make the best of a bad situation? Get up there, and say, "Look, Judge, you're no historian. You have absolutely no call to judge what I said. Much less, you know, following uh, ex post facto, 16 years after the fact, when I said it wasn't even illegal at the time. I mean, give me a goddamn break." I, I have done the archival research, okay, in Russia, in Germany, in the United States, and England. I, I don't acknowledge your authority to judge me in any way whatsoever. Now, I goddamn did the research. The research says there were no gas chambers at Auschwitz. No one can produce any photos or any evidence that there were. Now, you go fuck yourself. You know, and he can speak German. He could say all that in German, and that's what, that's what he should have done. I don't, I don't care about his circumstances. Think about how many schleps out there, how many guys would just love to go out with a bang like that. He would have been a historical figure, and now he's just a, a putz. I understand he wants to be with his daughter and, and whatever, but, you know, God damn it, you have a larger responsibility. And you've got a lot of people believing in your words, and you have a chance here to really be a modern Galileo, and I don't believe they'd hold him in ten years, even if they didn't. Even if they don't, well, hell, they're still going to hold him in there three years, you know? Uh, so who knows? He he, I think he would have really, he he would have uh, he would have been a real martyr, and I don't think he got much less of a punishment. Who's to say they're going to let him out after three years? I mean, wh- why would you believe anything that these people say? Right. I wouldn't. Well, turning the focus now to the U.S., and we have one of our own, in fact, rounder targeted by the very own our very own NAACP. And uh, I quote, We don't want to jeopardize freedom of speech, said the Reverend Larry Maddox, the group's president, at its monthly meeting Saturday afternoon. Quote, But we believe it is a targeted hate crime. End quote. The publication denounces Jews, blacks, and Hispanics, as well as interracial relationships 
uh, it promotes white supremacy, said Melissa Jordan, secretary for the local NAACP chapter. Yeah, the publication lists Alex Linder and as the publisher and Glenn Miller of Aurora as distributor. Quote, you're going to run into language that will probably offend you, uh, he said, on, of the newsletter. I guess this is rounder. But yeah. <laughs> I'm offended, offended every time I turn the TV on, end quote. Yeah. Well, they're so, they're attacking the they're this is the porch monkeys down in uh, southern Missouri and Springfield is in the southwest Missouri. For those of you not familiar with the great state of Missouri, a tad humid, but nevertheless a wonderful place. And this is a, a gigantic uh, coon who I found a picture of. I posted it somewhere. They're attacking TAA, the area and alternative our newspaper, the fourth issue of which uh, will eventually one day be done. Uh, but uh, they Rounder lives down in that general area, and he's put out thousands and thousands of uh, these over the years. So this monkey Maddox is going to try to make an issue of it somehow. I'm not really sure what he can do, but the, their claim is, uh, oh, among the recipients was one, you know, black and white, one mixed couple. You know, big fucking deal. No, targeted. So what, what they're trying to do along with the uh, along with the they try to build up, A, the concept of hate speech in the average American's mind, so that anything opposed to the Jewish agenda is hate. It's hate. It's hate. It's hate. It might well, we're barred by it from the First Amendment from stopping you, but it's hate. And then the, the other thing they try to build up is this notion of targeting, targeting, targeting. It's okay if you're not targeting anybody, targeting. They use that verb always, just as they use discredited to describe David Irving. Because he's creditable, they, uh, they use targeted to claim that you're going after people. Therefore, you know, I don't know, it's very... Very eyebrowy sort of a word, very very sinuous and or uh, it's very innuendoish. Oh, they're they're targeting people with their paper. How the do you target paper someone boy. with the paper? The paper you boy stalker. Spitballs through it. I mean, these are thrown out wherever. First of all, we have the right to give it to anybody we want. So you need to step back, Mister Coon, and your Jewish handlers, because we're going to put it out wherever we want. We don't really care what you think. Uh, and then on the lighter side, let's just say that most niggers can't read, so why would we give them to niggers? You know, I would not pass them out in a nigger area if, if I could tell. Sometimes you can't tell. Most of the time you can. But a nigger area is generally a lot filthier. Yeah, I think the let's point is... The bottom line here is we can give it to whoever we want, and the NAACP and the Jews who founded it and control it today can go fuck themselves, just to say it yeah. simply. <laughs> and, and see, these, these niggers have gone a long time without having anyone stand up to them and call them what they are. And we will do that, both Rounder and I and, and anyone who supports us. We don't give a flying fuck what you NAACP <laughs> niggers think. And we, do, we give even less a fuck what you useless so-called reporters think. This reporter's named Dee Dee Tang. More ridiculous appellation I have never come across. Yeah, Dee they're Dee all Tang. woke. Yeah, they're all walk, walking on eggshells. What? Mr. Takahara, our very own news reporter. Uh, Channel 8, Springfield Knowles. <laughs> Dumb broad. I mean, oh, it is hate. You know, it's so hateful. It's so hateful, these people. I mean, it's filled with fact about nigger attacking white people. People don't need to do that. That's that, that not news. You know, and, and, and you, know, you do a Google on this Larry Maddox and other, other stories. He's out there with the cops denouncing the shootings by all these fucking rampant coons. The coons come in here, and, you know, we see, we see it up here now. We see... The other day there was a stick-up by, by someone who I named Marcus down in Moberly, you know, 30, 40 miles south of here. Start to see more and more of that, that St. Louis-type shit come up along with the niggers as they spread. These niggers wreck nations, and the Jews operating them 
The Jews sticking quarters in them know that. Okay, they are using these niggers to destroy your neighborhood. And they resent anybody speaking back. And niggers nowhere where niggers have political power in Africa do they tolerate any kind of free speech. Okay? When the niggers take control, what they do is they make the white companies keep operating at gunpoint. They make them hire a whole bunch of coons who are members of the winning uh, Communist Party at ridiculous salaries while the whites do all the work. And then they fire the, the mid- and lower-level whites and replace them with useless coons so that efficiency becomes worse. But there's still enough profits so the party can suck them off. And then uh, that's it. And then they demonize whites in the press. And the, the oh, Alex, I, I, thought, I thought that was a linking, they call that a linking of destinies and opportunities. Yeah, I, I don't want, yeah, and I, I call that being chained to a cinder block and tossed off the side of a boat. <laughs> have, my, have my fucking destiny linked to a nigger? Shit. Not just one city's full of them. Yeah. Your destiny is now chained to the cement block. You will sleep with the fishes tonight. You know. Yeah, well, uh, well back uh, let's to uncouple me. our destiny from the nigger as soon as possible because, by God, I and every other sentient white person do not want to be tied to niggers. And, and that's why whites don't live around them. Yeah, well, we have another genius quote from Mr. Maddox. Uh, quote, we need a way to counteract without giving him a platform, he said. Yeah, motherfucker. So this, so this coon, what was the first stupid thing in this article? Is this coon's like, we doesn't want to be stopping the freedoms of speeches and stuff. We just want to prevent this paper from being distributed. You know, that's basically what he says. And, you know, in our world, I mean, hey, he's a nigger. So he's, he's entitled to be stupid. But that, that's exactly the same thing. That's no less contradictory or asinine than your college president saying, Pomoda supports both diversity and high standards. We don't see that there's any conflict. They're the same thing. So in fact, the, the, it's, it's an enrichment. They're enriching us with their the, the benefits. That, you know, it's magic. What do right. niggers add to things? Yeah. Phil? So he Dirtiness, starts out, stupidity, obscenity? Yeah, so he, starts, they, out, they he starts out against, uh, well, he doesn't want to infringe upon your free speech. And then three quarters down the article, he's saying uh, we can't even give them a a platform while we're uh, uh, defaming them and smearing them. Yeah, and th- this is this is classic. This is why these guys. Uh, I was I was uh, talking to a couple. I posted in the forum in response to them, and they're, they're smart guys. Uh, but anybody who pretends that the failure of whites to organize is is a result of their actions or behavior, uh, it may be ten percent that, but it's ninety percent legal opposition and and illegal opposition. And um, if I print a paper. It's full of black attacks, physical murders of white people. So-called reporters like this D.D. Tang will claim, I'm attacking minorities. Okay, this is the situation in which we live. It's not like one paper chooses to do that, but another chooses to report it differently. They all report it the same way. And this creates in people's minds the idea that this is the reality. Why? I mean, it's hate. It's hate to talk about blacks murdering white people. You're a hater. You're far more dangerous than, you know, is a book I read recently, Freakonomics, and they're talking about, you know, perception versus reality and, like, the good liberal parents who don't let little little Amy play with her friend because, well, her parents have a gun, you know. But meanwhile, well, her parents also have a pool. And, you, you know, your chance of dying in, in your kid dying in a pool is 
a hundred thousand times greater than they're dying by a gun, you know. But but of yeah. course people don't perceive it that way. So I the hater, I I am called a hater by the Jews controlling the media and and the schools that indoctrinate idiots like this Tang, and and I'm the I'm the threat, but not the nigger who's murdering people. And even when he's not murdering people, he's making life disgusting, unlivable, and just unpleasant for everything around him causing white people to move away, which in turn is described in the media as white flight, like there's something cowardly or defective about whites because they don't want to live around niggers. No, that's just healthy, normal reaction to living around these subhuman clods. But in the Jewish world, where it's to the Jewish interest that we be forced to integrate with them, why it becomes something vile and evil. Well, let me tell you, America, this can't go on forever. This is the price of allowing these Jews to come in treating them as individuals rather than as a hostile alien element that means to destroy us. Well, they take over the high spots when we do that, and then they start preaching us and beating us down and humiliating us and subjecting us to physical torture. I don't like it. And, and I'm not going to be scared out of my position by anything any goddamn D.D. Tang or some monkey banks, you know, NAACP head says. I don't care what they say. That's the difference between me and a Republican. You're not going to get me to back down on what I say. All right, and you're not, I know you're not going to get rounder to back down to what we say. We mean it. Okay, nigger, go fuck yourself. And Didi Tang, you're just a jack-off. You're no reporter. You're just a monkey. You're a monkey aide. Yeah, they're not interested in crime. They're interested in people talking about crime. L- listen to me and hear, hear me well, Mr. Bootlips. We will be putting out TAA4 in your area, and, any, and we will put it out wherever we want to put it out. And monkey, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, word. You heard me. You heard me. Oh, it's well. great to be a free man, I tell you. It's great to, <laughs> it's great to have Goy Fire and to be able to speak these things. That you know, yeah. you know, You're not going to hear Rush Limbaugh saying this. Rush <laughs> believes that all people are equal. All men are created equal. I know that, you know, who's Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and John Adams next to Rush Limbaugh and Sean O'Cunnity and... and Bill O'Reilly and the rest of these, and and Manny and the appeaser Coulter. You know who are the founders talking about these irreconcilable racial differences? We get we are the ones who carry on what the founders started. We are the ones who can uh, preserve the white nation. Come with us. Well, on that note, we we can head now to New York City. I have included a, a or I included a. Um, video called Loose Change, which is making the rounds on the Internet circuit. It's a documentary of 9-11 and the uh, tragedy in New York City where the uh, World Trade Center uh, mystically and magically uh, collapsed uh, after two airplanes uh, flew into the buildings, although that had never happened to b- before in, in a steel structure, yeah. the type and size uh, that the World Trade Center was. Um, so it, it's a fascinating documentary, and if you do go through our feed, you'll see it. In fact, part two is the best. Uh, there's a lot of information in there. The movie was developed by a uh, a veteran, a, a young veteran who served in, in Iraq and came back and put everything uh, back on the table and went through the evidence and the different theories and put together a very, very plausible case that 
the towers were in fact uh, demolished. Um, that that it could not have have both of them could not have fallen, given the the impact of the airplanes alone. So uh, I, I I do recommend that our listeners give the second part of the film Loose Change uh, a second look and uh, tell me if I'm wrong. One of the more compelling parts of the documentary is the interview with the New York City firefighters themselves who uh, mentioned different things uh, like uh, secondary explosions going off and uh, uh, the dust, the, the pulverized dust that they met in the lobby, which is indicative of high explosives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, this is one thing uh, that it's worth looking at. There's also a Finnish site that has a lot of information. It's uh, a Finnish military expert, also goes over the data in a, in a very convincing way. Mm-hmm. And he mentions... Um, the parabolic trajectory of the debris flying sideways from the building, sometimes up to 60 meters sideways. Now, anybody who took a physics class can say that, you know, if a building is collapsing, just falling down, it will not generate enough energy to throw steel beams 60 meters to the left or right of the building. And all the pictures uh, that and the the towers were filmed pretty extensively, show the parabolic direct, uh, trajectory of, of the debris of these falling buildings, which is uh, not possible uh, given the, the the nature in which it was supposed to have uh, collapsed under. There's also the thermographic satellite imagery of the of ground zero and the seismographic data. There was actually level two earthquakes or that, that were created um, or, or went off nine seconds before the buildings collapsed. Uh, and and the, the thermographic satellite imagery is, is also very convincing. They say aluminum, it was so hot that aluminum would still be melting or, or was still melting in some sites, five days after the buildings collapsed. And uh, this Finnish military expert uh, suggests that the only thing that could create those types of conditions uh, would be a bum- bunker-busting type of uh, bomb set off in the, uh, in the lower levels of the tower. And then uh, he says uh, the, the outer framework uh, was then uh, taken out by by secondary explosions, uh, so that these explo- or explosive devices were planted within the building, and it was all more or less time to go off, and uh, did go off uh, in the in the way it did. So, I don't know, Alex. Have you been following this? There has been a lot of condemnation in in the mainstream press about conspiracy theories evolving. Have, that was a good rundown uh, you gave. I I have followed it somewhat, not. Overly, uh, I, in my opinion, the planes did not knock it down. It's just not plausible. And I, I work kind of outwards, inwards. I, I look at uh, patterns. It's like I don't know all the details about global warming, but I know that it fits precisely the pattern that leftists use uh, in lying, and it serves their agenda. So I know that you, you'd have to prove it's true before I'd believe it, because the assumption has to be it's not true. 
And it's the same with this. I mean, it's, this follows exactly the pattern in Oklahoma City. They don't let anybody research it when it's blown up. Um, it looks like it was demolished. Okay, you don't run a plane into something that it falls down like hours later. That's ridiculous. It falls exactly in its own footprint. It looked like every other controlled demolition I've ever seen. Um, you had Jews following the people who were running the, uh, who were supposedly uh, on the airline. Uh, were, they were following them down in Florida, you know, days before this went off. Um, this, the stand down of the uh, of the jets, I find utterly utterly implausible. Um, these these Zog Washington, they are utterly paranoid. And the time I lived there, you used to be when I first was in D.C., you were able to drive by the White House. Well, good luck getting near it today. I mean, yeah, I guess you could walk, but it's it's got I don't know what the term for them is, but all kinds of huge planter-looking things, so no one can ram it, no one can go in. They're scared. They're the head of an empire. It used to be you could walk up to the White House and uh, knock on the door. Uh, as recently as maybe 80 years ago, but no, you can't do that now. So they're paranoid. Nothing in politics happens by accident. If something happens, it was planned that way. So I believe airlines did, I believe that the planes did hit the buildings, but that is not what knocked it down. In my opinion, yeah, they probably did blow it up. And I think that also because of Oklahoma City, where a woman saw the people putting the bombs in, uh, below the building, and then, you know, oh, the truck bomb did it all, and they won't tell you anything about the whole cell involved there. It's the same thing up in the New York. Jew collects $2 billion. I mean, there's you could you could cite two dozen pieces of circumstantial evidence that show you what went on here, and you may not know exactly the story, but who cares? Because even if you did have the real story and you print it on page one of the New York Times, the population is too dumbed down. They, could, they couldn't even appreciate it. I mean, you, are, you have Bush at the Gridiron Club laughing making a joke of his whole weapons of mass destruction thing. Well, how many people have died? I mean, we, you know, hundreds of thousands of Iraqi kids died. We bombed all kinds of people. Thousands of Americans died. And this fucker's in front of the media making a joke about it. So what isn't a joke in America today? Everything's a joke. So, of course, of course this was a produced event. And I don't know exactly the details of how it was produced, but I know for damn sure that airplanes and jet fuel didn't fucking knock that building down. It's ridiculous. Uh, and right, because that—that's the major thing. Look that at jet it. fuel look doesn't at it. You don't, burn. You can't knock down a building like that by running a damn jet into it. It's ridiculous. What yeah, you'd jet. have is just like anything else. You'd have if you if you throw a bunch of fuel on something, it flares up and it burns for a few seconds and then it's gone. It didn't melt any goddamn steel and knock that building down. That is beyond ridiculous. And they don't let anybody on there to study it. You know, it's immediately it's tied up with a bow ribbon and whisked away, and they they take whatever steel they got left and reprocess it i mean they don't want anybody digging into the details of this it's just and immediately it's like they had the country songs pre-written in advance almost and it gives all these we we trip the same sequence of events that we've done for the last 100 years and all the all the morons come out of the woodwork and wave flags and the country music singers start shaking their fists and talking about putting boots up people's asses and i may not know you know the, the totally anti-intellectual song from alan jackson i I don't pay too much attention. I, I don't really know the difference between Iran and Iraq, but, you know, Jesus said faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these was love, and just preaching to the dirt-eating, anti-intellectual Christian crowd and get them pumped up about go take out another one of Israel's enemies and get mad at them Arabs, and, and, and it plays with the morons, and, and a large percentage of America is made up of, of uh, Christian dirt-eating morons. It doesn't pain me to say that, surprisingly enough. People are lighting up on the Christian light. Well, they're so goddamn dumb. They're infringing on my space. Don't the intelligent, doesn't the intelligent minority have any respect due to it? 
these people shit on atheists and secular humanists all day long, and they get mad if I say one word about what Christians do and who the average Christian is. I mean, this little cunt, um, um, Tom Fleming over at Chronicles, wrote something about Irving. He, he said in his typical cowardly way, you have to be crazy to speak the truth. And he really believes that. I mean, he really believes they in their heart know that they ought to be saying what the white nationalists are saying. And that, that is why white nationalists are the only people that they're truly vicious towards. Sick, twisted, and vicious. He knows goddamn well that he, he oh, oh yeah, you know, Irving finally recant. Oh, there were, let me tell you, paleoconservatives hate Nazis because Nazis don't just sit there. Nazis actually, Nazi, and Nazi is just a hate, a hate contraction for nationalist. Do you understand that? It means nationalist, German nationalist, somebody who is for Germany and the German people, just the way you're, you and I are Americans and we're for America, or for Australians, we're for Australia, because that's who we are. We're British, we're for Britain. Well, they were German nationalists. They were for Germany, not for the Jews. The Jews are Jewish nationalists, Jewsies, you know. They, they put themselves first and everybody else second, and the fact that they're hiding among us uh, shouldn't be allowed to conceal that. So the German nationalists took mental pains to understand their situation and physical pains to correct it, and by God, there is nothing that scares and, and horrifies and, and frightens the paleoconservatives more than actually taking action. And they believe that victory or even, indeed, any kind of movement is inherently sinful. So this is why, this accounts for their spitting hatred of the German nationalist who actually did something about the horrible nation-wrecking problems, the symptoms of which are all that paleoconservatives are even willing to talk about, and that in code. So, Tom Fleming, you're a little cunt. White nationalism, we are where the solution to these problems lies. And we're ginning it up, as we have been for the past years. It's not about writing little op-eds. It's about creating a group of men who can create our own nation again. I, I don't know what that will mean. No one can know what that will mean, but I know what the result will look like. That's what the nationalists achieved in Germany, the white nationalists achieved in Germany. And and back then, you can find in Mein Kampf, Hitler talking about the Jews pursuing exactly the same policies as they do here, and we've talked about many of those parallels in Pascoe Fire, but there's another one. I mean, they, they were even racially trying to destroy the Germans because after World War One, they're trying to pump uh, Francophone niggers, that is, niggers from French-speaking areas of Africa, pump them into the, the uh, Ruhr, I think it was, the industrial areas, and get them to mix with the women to destroy the racial basis of the German nation. Um, right. And, and that's all of a exactly, sudden, what, all of a sudden exactly what they're clubs. doing here. Yeah, jazz clubs yeah. sprung up, and yeah, and I, you know, Aegis, I, and, and and stands on here too. Chain couldn't be with us today, but he's with well, us in spirit, and he will be back well, uh, uh, on the Chain, next Boy Fire, I hope. But Chain, ha it's been rumored Chain is on his way to the Amran conference to mix it oh. up with those very paleo conservatives. Oh, that ought to be fun. We ought to get some uh, some good stuff. I printed uh, Michael Collins Piper, who, by the way, now has a radio show on, uh, I think, on RBN, the, the chumps that kicked. Uh, Peter Shankoff, but you can get Peter Shank through us and hear his uh, wonderful commentary through VNN. So Shank's with us, but at least they uh, they got uh, Piper over there. Listen to him; he knows the truth about Zionists, and he 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 speculates that uh, Jared Taylor is a uh, CIA asset. And I printed that on the uh, forum, the selection from his book where he discusses that. But anyway, chains chains on, on the road uh, from Estonia going to the Amarin conference. So we look forward to his reports, and we'll have him back with us on Goyfire after after that and talk about it. But uh, yeah, I just I wanted to bring out that parallel from a uh, read Mein Kampf and, and read it with fresh eyes. Don't take 
when, when you get the copy of the book, just rip out the crap from the Jew. The Jew took a big crap in the front of uh, Mein Kampf because uh, Jews can't stand uh, any any <laughs> unjewed access to uh, people who describe them, otherwise known as Jew critics or anti-Semites. <laughs> but they're just people describing what the Jews are up to. And one of those people is Adolf Hitler, and he talks about their attempt to racially undermine Germany, not just financially and, and politically smear it, but to racially undermine the stock of the people, exactly what they're trying to do to you here in America. That's the meaning of all these ubiquitous circulars. You get one from whatever kind of a retailer you see it on TV. It always shows blonde white girls with niggers holding hands like they're, they're great friends. So you want to keep that shit away from your kids. But that's the intent underlying it. How did we get on to well, that anyway? <laughs> Lost my train of thought there. Well, it, it uh, runs imperfect, flows imperfectly with our TMB section, which we are now upon. Shizzle, my niggas, it's time for the TMB section of our program. Stan, you arrived at the right time. Let's get on the bus <laughs> and head to, to the TMB section of the program. Yeah, we already had a little TNB with that uh, Coontastic down in uh, Springfield. Hmm. Yeah. Well, here we have Annapolis, Maryland, and another embarrassment for one of the nation's service academies, Navy quarterback Lamar Owens has been charged with raping a wait, female wait. midshipman. Did you say Navy? Mm-hmm. You, you mean he's the proud heir to the Roger Staubach, you know, uprightness, integrity, uh, quarterback position, and, and they got a coon in there, and he's subject to all that military discipline, and, and this nigger is raping uh, raping women? That's odd. The very own quarterback calling the plays in the huddle. Owens, a 22-year-old senior from Savannah, Georgia, was charged under the Military Code of Justice because the alleged attack took place on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Academy. Academy spokesperson Commander Rod Gibbons said Wednesday, quote, he remains assigned to the Naval Academy and will continue to attend class, performing other duties normally assigned to midshipmen pending results of the investigation, Gibbons said. He said the Academy took steps to prevent contact between Owens and the woman. How considerate of them. Is this one going for his master's in Kuntology as well? Or? <laughs> uh, yes. Ebonic studies? Uh, yeah. Freakology. On, on, the, on, the, on the heels of uh, Colonel Kurtz's uh, uh, video of the, uh, the Navy parades there for the Navy game. Yeah, excellent point. This is in Annapolis, Maryland, which if you've never been there, it's a very, it's a, it's a cool little town. It's, it's got little, you know, a uh, shipyard and kind of little marina, and it's got a whole little boutique scene going on. So they got a black quarterback, and it, to me, it just adds to, and then get on being informed, and you can see all this. We got a thread on this in the this just in section, and Kurtz is commenting on there, and Stan's referring to Colonel Kurtz, who is, they've had their, where they go up to Annapolis and they wear their, uh, is Israel worth it T-shirts? And uh, while the players march out to the field, and they get a, they get a reaction from these players, but uh, you know this is typical. A good example: it doesn't matter how much you pay a nigger, it doesn't matter how much Christianity you throw at him, it doesn't matter how much military discipline the nigger in them always comes out because that's what they are. And it, it's only different in degree from thinking you can take an animal and teach it to to act like a human. I mean, they're somewhere in the middle couple hundred thousand years behind us by most 
honest evolutionist uh, accounting. And they're going to rape human women to the extent they get a chance. To the extent they get a chance, they're going to suppress people talking about it, like the coon in uh, Maddox in Springfield. And they wouldn't really be dangerous except we're not allowed to solve the problem because the real controllers of society are using them to create those problems. You know, and yeah, also well, this, you know, well, this guy's more of an affirmative action uh, uh, a promotion or promoter or uh, I don't know uh, what you would call him, but he's he's where he's at due to affirmative action. And I would say these, well, this ridiculous sports culture or value system. Uh, here we have... Uh, 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 more information, um, and it. Where, where does it say this here? Uh, Here's. Hey, Gene makes a. Uh, uh, Jerry Abbott makes a funny point about uh, Japan. I mean, uh, he, he, you know, maybe this guy's uh, just practicing up to go pro when he gets shipped over to Japan. Because a lot of a lot of those niggers over there who've, uh, whenever they catch someone raping a Japanese schoolgirl, it turns out to be a nigger. So that's what niggers do. It doesn't stop because you put the, a different kind of clothes on them or beliefs in their head or money in their pocket. They're niggers. That's what they do. That's what they are. Can't say that in Jew vision, but it's true. And here we go. Midshipman Owens, Navy's captain and most valuable player, was honored last week with the Silver Helmet Award at a banquet sponsored by the Touchdown Club of Annapolis. And these are a bunch of jack-off white businessmen who, uh, whose own daughter could have been the rape victim. You know? <laughs> They're idiots. Someone forwarded me a thing about Dave Duerson, who is, uh, you know, I think they busted him for, like, beating his wife. He's some nigger who's on the board of uh, Notre Dame. And, you know, you keep pretending these coons are people, and eventually they'll kill you or someone close to you. And we can't even talk about it. That's what we've been reduced to in our own lands. It's illegal to talk about this stuff. <laughs> and that would be targeting uh, a, a potential victim. Well, like I said before, only whites understand free speech. We're not supposed to, to blame this guy for being black, though. See, he's 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 you know not a nigger. He's just an individual who <laughs> happens to be black. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we all have to get across in in our uh, our hating brains here. I suppose that's what they're telling right. us. Making logical parallels is not allowed. Right. Think about how these people, the niggers repeatedly, when they have, by white ways of thinking, they have everything to lose by, you know, going into some woman's dorm room and, and raping her or hopping on her. I mean, they have nothing to gain by this, really. And they have that little control. Even when subjected to extreme discipline, as, as one assumes the Navy enforces, they still can't control themselves. That tells you that it's pretty darn deep in the bone. And, and yes... They're man monkeys, and they don't belong among us, and they'll destroy us if they're if we pretend that they're our equals. And that's what Thomas Jefferson said, and he was right. Yeah, and we're damn we close have, to having it illegal to say that in this country. And we have a second case here out of Farmington. Rachel Elton stabbed death this week at a Clearfield home for troubled teenagers, wanted to work with the teens because she loved them, her grandmother said. Raping, stabbing victim Rachel Elton was killed Wednesday in a group home near or in Clearfield. Robert Houston, a Negro, right, was has reportedly confessed to the crime and has been charged as an adult. 
She was lovable, a real caring person. She was a hard worker and had a desire to make something of her life, Beverly Elton said. Robert Cameron Houston, 17, who had received counseling for sex offenses, was charged Friday in 2nd District Court with aggravated murder, aggravated sexual assault, and rape in Rachel Elton's death. Gumby gone wild. Yeah, he looks like one of these... uh Wild Afrode mulatto, uncontrollable, free-tempered types. You know, the people who create the environment that encourages these girls to believe that they can save niggers are really guilty of this. The girls are not going to be able to figure out that it doesn't work. Maybe 20 years after the fact, when they when they get old and jader, they get like that one that we cover in TAA, the chain dug up that was uh, the guy held her. Uh, and repeatedly raped her, and then finally they shot him from the ceiling in, inside the jail. But you can't save a nigger. I mean, it's, it's like you know trying to save an animal or something. You can't make it what it isn't. It doesn't matter how much you talk to them about Jibu or how many drugs you pump into them or how many football fields you let them run down. They they is what they is. You know, just like Popeye, they they can't be changed. That's their nature. Their nature is to rape and kill. And, you know, smoke blunts. That's what they do. I mean, watch those movies, Ice Cube, with the Ice Cube, the, the Friday series. I mean, that's what fucking niggers do. If, if they had enough money to exercise what they want to do, that's all they do is lay around and smoke pot and, uh, and chase pussy. That's all that niggers do are or ever will be. And, I mean, those movies might as well be documentaries. <laughs> um, you're, not, you're never going to get niggers interested in books. Niggers don't read. You know, we're targeting niggers. Oh, really? We're targeting the illiterate sector of the population with our, our publication. That's <laughs> warning people about the illiterate sector of the population. Niggers can't, yeah. don't, don't read, don't want to read. And, and you know, and, and so, as Chain has pointed out, so many women go into these fields, you know, the psychology or sociology, or they see these, these wonderful young, they're, oh, they're so sharp and sleek, these girls on, like, CSI. They're always, you know, F junior FBI agents working with their nigger boss to solve problems created by the evil white males who live just next door to you. You know, and, and complete anti-reality. And girls like this see this and they buy into it. They really do. I mean, they really do. And they see a Clary Starlin and they're, well, that could be me. I could be a forensic entomologist and join the FBI and track down vicious, depraved white male criminals. They really do think like that. And this is the result. This girl's dead. You're going to save a coon. You're going to turn a coon into a human. Well, you you try that, sister. It's been tried for hundreds, thousands of years, and it's never worked. Nothing will work. Not Carol Swain right. claiming Jebuism will change him. Jebuism won't change him. Yeah, she was about to graduate with a uh, degree in criminal justice. You know, let me let me let me smack these Catholics who claim that Christianity is a solution or that Christianity is somehow identified with Aryan people. No, 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 no. What we are is in our blood. It's not our religion. I mean, where's the nigger shot? You know, where's the, where's their grand monument that these niggers built? They can't build it. Where, where's the proof that these these uh, Christianized niggers down there are one whit different than the other niggers? They're not. Christianity is not the white man's religion. And to the extent he believes it is, look at the problems he creates for himself. The crazy universalism. We don't need Christianity. We sure as hell don't need niggers. You buy into what you read in the media, you're going to get raped and killed, or someone close to you will. That simple. You've got to separate from it.
Yeah, well, what was it last week we were just talking about a murder case? It's at least, I would say, one murder, one sensational murder case a week of a white girl or woman being raped and, and murdered by, by a Negro uh, at least once a week. And that's, that's just what we're getting from the mainstream media, which, and then that which, which comes to our attention. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, these hush crimes, uh, uh, what is it, 1.7 million or more uh, a year? This is uh, this is what they look like. And then the media turns around and it makes it an issue that uh, there's too many uh, white girls uh, either disappeared or killed by niggers or whatever in the news, like in the case of Holloway, and uh, you know people made a big deal out of it. And next thing Smart. you see is uh, media and blogs, uh, you know saying okay uh, another white girl so what yeah you know where's where's the uh, minorities that this is happening to and they ask their own question and answer it at the same time yeah they do they always get off in that whole racial thing and say oh you know you don't care about black disappeared well blacks don't care about blacks disappeared <laughs> i mean they're, they're, they fucking don't pay attention to anything why do we care i mean it's not like they're valuable missing people Right, blacks are probably killing themselves one, I would say one black gets iced every day uh, in like a city, in each city across the nation. Uh, but still, the, the amount that they're killing white women is, is far, is still terrible and, and horrible for us because we're barely at replacement level. Yeah, and they, uh, yeah, it's just not reported. I mean, we the media has effectively cut off our head because facts are never reported. When they're when the rare times they are reported, they're never put in context. The rare times that they are put in context and information distributed is called hate. Um, the rare time hate raises its head to the level of actual local organizing, they they stick the organizer in jail, Chester Doles, or they kill him. It becomes really effective, like a lot of politicians. And that's the system we live in. It's organized mental uh, slavery. And figuring out what's actually going on is not easy. You may sense, you may have a, very, a sense that you're being lied to. We're here to, to give that sense to, to crystallize it. Say, so, yeah, this is exactly what's going on. A hostile alien element called Jews controls your media. And they use this to delude you about the people, the, the manimals that they're using to physically destroy your country. So they've already intellectually destroyed us because they have control of the airwaves and they their terms and their arguments and their frames are used ubiquitously that means everywhere and from Nome down to Miami from Augusta Maine to San Diego if you put out TAA you'll be called a hater even though it contains nothing but facts you're a hater if you use nigger uh, they're not haters when they, they're plenty when they use white trash think about that double standard in the world contained within it Right, there's got to be some 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 academic theories about these types of propaganda machines where you flip the switch, and uh, you've got you know opinions to maintain and and you've got opinions to attack, and uh, you just don't let anybody anywhere get 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 a foothold. Hey, my ten month my daughter just ten turned ten months old, so you better believe. A, she's not going to go to a public school. When she gets older, I'm going to take stories just like this, and I'm going to say, you see this girl got killed? Do you understand why this is? I'm going to say, someone told her that she's helping people by going into, you know, majoring in sociology, and she's going to save these niggers. And I'm, I'm going to say exactly what I just said. You see, you can't change the nature of a nigger. A nigger is a problem. You avoid the problem. 
And parents really ought to use the stuff they find at VNN and VNN Forum and sit down with their kids and go through them and explain how they're lied to. I mean, we don't have the power to turn off the TV on the nation. We can turn it off on our own lives. Right now, I'm, I am 98% Jew media free. Once in a while, I rent a couple movies, but I get half of those free, and, and that's it. I don't pay for any cable or anything like that, and I highly recommend you do the same. That stuff is, is, is rot. You know, Coke is rot gut or whiskey is rot gut. Well, TV is rot mind. Rots your mind. You know, watch some videos or something, whatever. That's not so bad because you can control it, but TV will control you if it's on. And you know that's true. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how much you think you can avoid its effects. It will kill concentration in kids. And, and uh, you know, people who've never been exposed to it are remarkable for their concentration, like the Amish, because they don't get tired of stuff in two minutes. Hmm. So you need to, anyway, use jujitsu. Take the Jew media, and any paper will do, because it's all going to report the same things the same way. And you, you go story by story, and you say, what are they telling me here? And you have to get people to imagine. People have very little brains and little imaginations. You have to make it, make it easy for them. You say, what, how, could, how else could this have been reported? What other term could she have used to describe this person? Why is David Irving called a Holocaust denier rather than a historian with an illegal opinion? Why is that opinion illegal? Who made it illegal? Should it be illegal? What do you think? Do you think it should be illegal? Why should it be illegal? You know, and, and go from there. And, and Socratically and, and through, you know, Didactically, you can you can get across the conception of uh, that there are other ways to look at things. You don't have to accept what comes down at face value. And women in particular do not understand that unless it's pointed out to them and repeated and underlined. Otherwise, they assume what is is right. And that, and and you see this in letters. I I wrote this in letters earlier this week. A woman writes me, and you know, and and I've had even had women say that to me directly when you express a certain opinion, like, oh, I thought you were educated. In, in women's minds, until unless they're exceptionally perceptive or they've had it explained to them, they believe education is identical with here is what you are supposed to believe, show by on the test that, that you understand and believe it, and repeat by repeating it back. They think education means accepting this mass of material that's been told to you and the position rather than any kind of independent ability to think independently along with mass of facts and whatever interpretation you may your thinking may lead you to. They believe it's it's... There's an accepted body of views. You're understanding that. You're accepting that body of views is what makes you an educated person. It's a position rather than rather than something else. Right. That's a very materialistic way of seeing things. It's uh, that. No, it's 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 not materialistic. They just simply don't. They're not really built for thinking. They're built for. Uh, I saw this all the time. Even smart women are basically they're parroting. Their, their idea of is they pride themselves on being able to pair it more quickly than others to the extent they take pride in being intelligent. It's, oh, oh I see what he wants us to say, and, and I can slightly rephrase it, or I can use even his own terms right back to him and, and come up with the answer he's looking for. And they think that's what education means. Originality is, is limited to a, a minority of white males and, and the true thought, and that's why males have developed everything, because they are somewhat more capable of seeing, like, look, you know, okay, he, he has a position, he may be right, but there's other ways to look at it. There's other things that you could you could say. You're more speculative and playful in that sense. The women really do believe that, like, educated people know that race does not exist. Educated people know that niggers are valid citizens just like we are. So if you don't believe that, you're not educated. You're ignorant. You're stupid. They can't make any distinction there between someone having a different opinion, possibly based on evidence. The average woman can't. I'm telling you, because I see that over and over and over. 
Yeah, well, Descartes, the, the father of uh, modern scientific inquiry, uh, uh, actually considered women to be robots. <laughs> if you read his uh, his memoirs, mm-hmm. uh, he, he did have relations with uh, a Dutch maid, but uh, that was one of the things he came up with. Now, of course, he was considered eccentric, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there is definite parallels between well, what you're saying. And what just, I'll tell you, the longer the longer you live, the less you will believe in free will if you watch how people actually act. I mean, free will seems like it's right. It seems like you have control over what you do. But the longer you observe people, the more similarities between their behavior and animal behavior will strike you. It's just like Ted Bundy said in jail. I may have said this before. He he had always felt somewhat, even though he was smart and good-looking, he'd always felt socially insecure and like he never really understood what other people were thinking. But in jail, he finally came to understand He's like, it's very analogous to civilized behavior. It's just a much cruder, baser level. But, but there's, there's incentives that drive people, and there's patterns, and you see that people, just the way an animal will follow a pattern, like a groundhog will come out at a certain point in the day, and it will chew up whatever greenery it's going to do and make its little pattern and then go back to its hole. I mean, people are like that, too. They have their little patterns and their little preset ideas, and they are loath to vary them as, as any other animal. And it's there's a the difference is one of degree. It is not of kind, as as the Christians say. Yeah, well, and it's it not is, all in I, favor I, of the humans either. Uh, it's it's I guess a bit of a disheartening to to see the uh, you know to to see people and whatnot and and uh, just realize they don't have that spark uh, to take them over the form of things well, the, and, and to the they, heart of things. The thing is, the right people have to be setting the pattern that the rest follow. And if they're setting the wrong ones, the, the people are just helpless because they don't have the, they don't have the internal tools to, to, to think, essentially, is what it comes down to. And even a lot of the ones who do have the ability to think don't have the character to act on what they think. Those would be the paleoconservatives and, and most of the religious people. And, and even then, beyond that, the ones who can think and can't act, half of them are goddamn crooks, so they sell out anyway. And, and what are you left with? You left with the U.S. as we see it today, where you know you just lie and wave the flag, and the fucking morons believe it. They'll believe anything. And you, you, and the Israelis know. They know damn well that if if whites were operating the country and telling them to hate Israel, the, the mass of people would hate hate the damn Jews, just the way today they hate the Arabs and the French. It's all manipulation. People who yeah, believe in democracy well, are idiots because that's who it's it's aimed to deceive. Right. Well, democracy, right? Yes, exactly. The idealist, the French idealist of the Enlightenment, uh, uh, thinking that the mass of men would be able to remain so educated and informed in politics that uh, society would be um, full of liberty and 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 uh, equality and fraternity. Uh, but as we see, a, a more real politique view or eye view of uh, events shows that a small cadre of politically aware and politically active people can co-opt a huge body of people that are too stuck with existential issues or just aren't intellectually equipped to to deal with political issues uh, on a day-to-day basis. You're right. Well put. I mean, we're stuck in a in a conundrum, which is that when you I've thought a lot about the preacher's comment. You know, when you teach people to read, all you're doing is creating a market for rubbish literature, for garbage. And you know, 
really teaching the mass of people to read, all that does is help liars because people don't have much imagination and they're not going to think up the wackiness. I really believe, you know, we have the illusion from the polls and from the media that like people are roughly split between liberal and conservative, but they're not. I would say like 98% of people are inherently conservative and 2% like roughly equivalent to criminals are, are, are liberal in the sense of, you know, believing like homosexuality is a good thing and the rest of that. Without the media pushing these views, they would have no purchase whatsoever. The average person thinks homosexuals are ridiculous and always has and always will. And, and it, it is purely the function of these mass media and, and mass public education that spreads these horrible ideas. So there's a lot to be said by taking the negative view that, that hey, basically no one should be taught to read and write. And those who do, discovered on their own, are much likelier to be worthy of, of possessing that knowledge. There's a lot to be said for that position. As you see that people are brainless and easily misled, well, why do you want to give them the tools to be able to receive stupidities, whereas it, it's much harder? But, see, you can't go back. I mean, we've got all this technology. We have all this, uh, we have all this transportation in the mass media, and you're not going to change that. And now we've added to this these incredible tools for tracking people, your microchips and radio frequency. And I used to write about a lot of this stuff uh, um, how are you going to get away from some kind of global slave state? It's not clear to me. It's not clear at all. Yeah, well, I mean, Orwell did work for the BBC, and he, I, I don't really think you need to track people if you're able to just wash the mass, just wash them and keep them under a daily barrage of, well, of opinions and uh, policy. Yeah, you're probably right. But but I think I really do believe you know uh, maybe Gore's a newfound civil libertarian, but from all I know of experience of guys like him, who are a lot of the people I went to school with, they don't want anybody doing anything. They don't want they don't they, they would love to have restrictions on automobile ownership. They'd love to have it like in Europe where gas is five dollars a gallon. They'd love to have government tolls uh, at every uh, every political border, every state border, make a little more money. They they. They like control. They don't like... It's fundamentally a Jewish thing, even though a lot, hell of a lot of uh, leftist non-Jews believe it, too. They don't trust free, private people. They want there to be one plan in society. They want government to be running it, and they want everybody to comply. And anybody who doesn't comply, we're going to shoot you. And that really is how they think. And it so happens that it has a Jewish agenda because the Jews are, are better organized. But a lot of the, the white leftists, that's... That's what's going on with them, and that's what, where they want to get to. The, the old, the conservative critic, critique of the left is basically right, and the Jews in particular, they they hate private Americans in flyover country, and that's why they portray them the way they do as these really malicious, racist hicks, which you see in movie after movie. It's just staple, as as Ben Stein said, it's it's a staple that the city on the surface is rough and tough, but underneath it has a heart of gold. Whereas the country on the surface is nice and pleasant, but underneath it's got festering evil you know and, and who who saves the the only thing that saves the rural town is that one or two gentry or elite or, or cop who sides with the liberal Jews in the big cities and brings enlightenment to the the bovine uh, but bucolic and, and benighted masses because otherwise left to their own devices they're going to slaughter the Jews and hate the minorities they really do think yeah, that way the leftists not just the Jews yeah, but if we have a competing, a group competing with the Jews for power, 
isn't it counterintuitive to think that these people that actually uh, subscribe to the will to power uh, are then going to be laissez-faire when it comes to the management of society at large? We, got, we have to gin up a counterforce to the Jews. That means, obviously, extremely strong military media force. And, yeah, it's got to be a dictatorship. You're not going to beat them by, you know, electing other people or, or some liberal means. You have to fight force with force on, on all, all fronts. But eventually, I mean, the best, the ideal world, you know, I don't know when it would be possible to try to bring it about. But once you've, first thing you got to do is clean up the rubbish. And that means getting rid of the Jews and, and the coloreds who are making life hell for a lot of Americans. And, and anywhere they dominate, they make life hell. Don't believe me? Check South Africa. And there's a sliding scale. As we always say, God, I get tired of saying it. There's a sliding scale. All you got to do is look at where whites have ceded power, and that eventually they end up being literally physically exterminated, as they were in Haiti. They, they, when the slaves took over Haiti from the French, they killed them all off. Well, in South Africa today, in Zimbabwe today, there were a quarter million whites when they turned it over to niggers, i.e. letting them vote. And today there's about, what, 20,000, 30,000 whites left, so 90% of them have been driven off. Well, what do you think is going to happen in America? Look at the big cities where the niggers dominate. Whites are driven out of Detroit. Whites are driven out of D.C. Whites are driven out of Baltimore. Where do they go? They flock to the interior. Well, they don't re reproduce in, in very large numbers either. And the niggers' population grows larger and larger. It just keeps forcing whites out and blends them in and eventually destroys them, all with the approval of government propaganda. So this is what happens. It is a law. It's not something that's avoidable. But if, if we had the power to control our future... We had a white state. We cleansed it of all these these uh, destructive elements. Eventually, we could, while while keeping the ability to defend ourselves, assuming that the Chinese still existed and Israel, full of Jews, with nuclear weapons, also existed, and we had the the national ability to defend ourselves, we could still devolve political power to the local level where it belongs, for most things, and. Right. Uh, the Catholics have a principle called subsidiarity, I believe it's called. And, and that's, that's natural to whites. That's where my own Swiss ancestors, that's what you want to do. Well, you got, you know, French, Italians, and, and German speakers who they, uh, they can live together and get along well enough. And they have a national culture, but they have their own regional culture and language. And, and, and that's what we want. And, and that way, we have truly, as, as they, the founders tried, you have different states. You have actual differences can be preserved and even cultivated. And, and you can go from one place to the other, and, hey, they have different laws in Delaware than they have in uh, South Carolina, and different laws, again, from what they have in South Dakota, and different from Utah. That's what we want. I mean, and, you know, these fuckers talk about diversity. Well, why do they want everyone the same color and thinking the same thoughts? Because they don't want diversity. They want a global slave plantation of stupid mulattoes that they preside over. We don't want that. I'd like to see whites differentiate. You know, I like the South, but I'm not a Southerner. I want to live my own way. Let the South Southerners live their own way. Let the people out West live their own way. And then I want to travel and see them and see what are they doing that's different from what I'm doing. Are they doing something better than what I'm doing? Are they doing something worse? Is there something they're doing that's funny that I can laugh at them for? There's something they're doing better than I can admire? I mean, that's how you want to live. And most white people really do feel that way. And most white people, even though America is consumerist and materialist, I don't think it's particularly greedy. I, I really don't. I don't think Americans are jealous that other people are rich. I think they always felt like they can work hard and get ahead, and they, don't, they haven't really cared about money other than anything else. 
previously. It's just that today, that's the only socially acceptable motive for anything is is money or, or, or sex, money or pussy. You know, if, if, if those are the only thing that you're allowed to, it's socially acceptable to claim that you're going after. And it even looked up to, whoa, yeah, that dude got, I don't care how you do it, just win, man, just get that money. And that's how the people think, but, uh, you know, I, I think I may have quoted before that Potteritz quote about how the middle class is defined by removing the the obsession with politics that used to characterize people, i.e., another way of looking at that is they're just unprincipled. They place nothing before the satisfaction of their petty desires and accumulating money. Well, that's why people look at you weird if you have any other prime motive in life other than, you know, living the upper middle class lifestyle that most Americans aspire to. But, I mean, that's not that interesting. I mean, Jesus Christ... I've, I've seen a big screen TV, man. I don't want one. <laughs> I just want to say, oh my God, look at that plasma TV. Yeah, well, we've sort of... For. I'm going to go out and make a bunch of money so I can buy a plasma TV. Yeah, well, we inherited awesome. this this watered-down... Ang- man. But this watered-down Anglo else. system. The Anglo system, you know, the class system, uh, that was, you know, more or less devolved into just who has the most money. Yeah, it's, it's been co-opted somewhat by Jews, just the way religion's been co-opted by, by the Jews to serve their particular ends. There, there were some impulses that were somewhat unhealthy, but, but could be made extremely unhealthy by the right. manipulators, and they have. They've taken that snobbery and, like, and, and look at the niggers. I mean, all niggers don't read, so what differentiates one nigger from another? Well, it gets better pussy, or it has more bling. You know, and, and there's really nothing, or can rap better, and there's nothing beyond that. And look at any rap video, that's all they do. It's, it's all, all it is is, is pussy and booty and, and, uh, and bling and uh, braggadocio, and, and that's it. I mean, niggers can't be any higher, but white people can be higher. But the right. TV is preventing us from seeing that because it mocks anything that stands against that niggerized ethic, which sh- shows up in white people and, all, and their use of these constant niggisms, which I cannot stand. It's all good. Now, that one's kind of dying out now, but I cannot stand that. But uh, you know what I'm saying? That's another one. That fucking makes me want to puke. And then uh, NB Forest had a bunch of them that I put on the letters page, real good stuff. And uh, we don't have to be niggers, but TV prevents us from realizing that. And it prevents well, us it, from acting to preserve what we have that's different and better from what they have. And it is better. And that's why these people are fools. We're separatists. Well, I'm separate because I think I'm superior. If I felt I were inferior, why would I want to separate I wouldn't. I'd want to live among niggers in, in clumps as white people and enjoy their superior technology and beauty, right? So I'm not a separatist. I'm, I'm, I am a separatist, but it's not because I'm just different. I want to be me differently. Well, if there was something better than me, fuck, I'd rather be around that than me. Wouldn't you? So let's not kid ourselves, man. They hate us because we are superior to them. That's simple. Shouldn't pretend otherwise. Yeah, well, old aristocracies, you know, it, it was viewed as a, I'd say, a falling down or a de- devolution in the society when money was prized above ability and accomplishment. And so even the class society of England that more or less derived or evolved out of Will, William the Conqueror decapitating their native aristocracy and replacing them with, with French speaking nobles uh, it started a sickly relationship between the Mm -hmm. leaders and the people themselves Uh, where you don't see that is for example in in the Prussian aristocracy where 
the uh, um, William uh, the Great uh, opened up uh, upward mobility for peasants and and middle class uh, people to to rise in the ranks should their ability make that possible. Yeah, well, I think that uh, there's always going to be classes in society, but they're not necessarily at war. That, that's a Jewish claim. The classes are going to be differentiated, and they're going to somewhat look down, and there's going to be some conflict and some sneering, but that's all right. I mean, there have to be heads and hands and, and people in the middle, and they're, as, long as, there's some, as long as there's ways for people with superior ability to rise, you're not really going to have too much of a problem. And as long as the elite remains loyal to the nation and they understand the racial basis of the of society, you're going to be fine. But with the rise of these mass media, we got a little careless and, and, and we let in Jews at the wrong point right, right around when you know, we started to have these media rise up. And these media are unique in, in that America, it used to be 100 years ago uh, when, my, you know, when my grandmother was born, I mean, the average person never really went more than about 20 miles. They lived within about a 20-mile radius of where they were born, and that's all they knew. And maybe they saw a paper once in a while, but there wasn't any TV. There wasn't any radio. There wasn't any, any airplanes, you know. And, and so they lived in a very local, provincial world, and they weren't exposed to all these lies. Well, today you can go anywhere and hear anything. And then the Jews got on top of that technology, and they used it to advance their own cause and to tell us that we are what we, in fact, are not and to use their laws to make us into what we're not. And that's why today America is such an unattractive place. And I mean, full it, of it, c cognitive dissidence and uh, mental illness. Yeah, just a grab bag of assholes, and, and nothing's legitimate. And I mean, if you try to live a life of honor in America, you'd, I've seen people write this, and I, you'd be dead by noon. You know, if you wanted <laughs> to take offense at someone, you know, swearing in front of your women or whatever. I mean, how the fuck are you... There's no way. There's no way you could live like that in America. You'd be in continual conflict, and and no one would even understand where you were coming from if you tried to live opposite to the way things are. So, you know, there's there's nothing we can do in our behavior. It's it's control of the media that that makes things the way it is. And yet, yeah. still, there's a lot of power in whites. They know no matter what the media says, they don't want to live by blacks. Media yeah, well, has effects have, at the margins, but we have a hate crime here. Uh, that may have been a hoax. Uh, police investigating a possible hate crime in Powhatan say family members, not racist, are responsible for the epithets found on a black family's home. The FBI joined the Powhatan Sheriff's Department to investigate at the request of state leaders of the NAACP. The NBC 12 in Richmond reports police now say the vandalism wasn't what it appeared. Police offered no further explanation but said the crime apparently was not racially motivated and no charges are expected. It was just a little bit of monkey fun. Yeah, and they, this happens frequently. Niggers know that there's a great hue and a cry whenever they charge racism. So not being very smart, a lot of them simply make some racism and go preach it. And the media dutifully picks it up and, and amplifies it literally nationwide. Uh, <laughs> good luck getting a story about a white being murdered by a nigger nationwide. It doesn't happen. But 
you know, the tiniest little, you know, hell, let alone the Jews. I mean, I just printed something in letters about some UN guard doodled a swastika on a piece of paper, and some Israeli saw it, and now it's a global story. And this is, this is, no, the Jews don't control the media, but don't try doodling a swastika on a piece of paper, because someone might see it, and it becomes a fucking news story. I mean, someone doodling on paper is a news story? <laughs> Who cares, man? I mean, this is how ridiculous. It's just the worst of all. It really is. Like Mencken said, the world is set up by someone who's a, a low comedian. I mean, we have the most paranoid, vicious, hostile, and dangerous people in the world, and they control all the high points. And they're driving the rest of us to rack and ruin. They are literally murdering the goddamn planet. At least, you know, every, everywhere but that one new valley in New Guinea where they keep finding new species. Like Womo Florezi. Well, that's my, <laughs> that's my term for It's not exactly the term Carl Linnaeus would have used. It's my term. And I'm partial to it. <laughs> what we need is a, another race of three-foot-tall people. I think they'll add a lot to what we've got going on here. Yeah, they'll take the jobs here. that we don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring these fucking three-footers in, man. They're just chimney sweeps, man. They're looking for some honest labor. Can't get white American kids to crawl up the chimney any longer. <laughs> these Omo Flores, they're built for it, man. <laughs> Those cities like the ones Blake used to write about. <laughs> Modern poems. Oh, man. You yeah, gotta, it's kind of cool to think that there could be a bunch of little three-foot people running around that no one ever knew about before. I, I think it's cool. I've been to Mexico. I've seen them. They sit on the street corners and say, Chiclet, mister? Chiclet? Chiclet! Hey, you want to buy a chiclet? Tequila! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, we have now. It's we're cool, though. Think about it, like a little valley or like New Guinea that no one's ever been to, and there's still stuff, there's still room for adventure out there in the hard-to-reach places. Yeah, well, uh, we have here another far, hard-to-reach place, Israel. Who let the Jews out? Who? Jews. Uh. Who let the Jews out? Jews. 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 Who let the Jews out? Jews. 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 Who let the uh, Jews TJB. out? Jews. Yeah, to, to the center out? of the world uh, of uh, media empire and center of the world is Israel. and uh, I don't know why they call it Middle East, man. I, I think that's a little anti-Semitic. It's Middle Everything, man. It ought to be called yeah. Middle Earth. <laughs> right smack dab in the middle of everything. Israel. An Israeli army officer who fired the entire magazine of his automatic rifle into a 13-year-old Palestinian girl and then said he would have done the same even if she had been three years old, was acquitted on all charges by a military court yesterday. Was this on Fox News? Uh, no, this was The Guardian. My question was rhetorical. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> I like to see them there. It's Sean Hannity talking about that. That guy is such a wuss. Yeah. Double-asshole Rush Limbaugh. Where is he talking about this? And this is what the Israelis do over and over. Oh, the poor Jews, they're victims. Oh, well, they're killing the Palestinians at three times the rate. Oh, what? The Jews are competent. They're very competent people. What? You know, you resent their uh, being well-trained and well-armed? Yeah, I resent it because I'm paying for it. And I was never asked. I don't want to pay for the kikes. I don't like the kikes. I don't want money going from me to them. 
If anything, I'd like money coming from them to me. Yeah. We pay these assholes $3 billion a year, and they shoot little kids. They don't just shoot them once or twice. They empty the entire magazine into the little kids, a little girl, a teenage girl. You know? This is what Jews do, and we yeah, reward the, them by giving them billions of dollars. Yeah, the Their manner, media doesn't talk about what they do, but... The manner of Iman's killing and the revelation of a tape recording in which the captain is warned that she was just a child who was, quote, scared to death, made the shooting one of the most controversial since the Palestinian Infada erupted five years ago, even though hundreds of other children have also died. Yeah, man, they just don't talk about this in the... Uh, why not do a big spread in the Washington Post and, and have the photos of the last two dozen children murdered by the Jews of Israel? who are paid out of American pockets and show you what your tax money is going for. Alex, that would be... On Jew-controlled media, we might see something like that. That would be anti-Semitic. It's anti-Semitic to talk about Jews shooting young children. They had a very good reason to shoot them. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> ever see, uh, you ever see yeah, that South Park? What are that honking Jew way of... Uh, How dare you deny Israel the right to kill children with threatening you with large rocks? These poor Jews are only equipped with all the armor that ought to be on our boys in Iraq, you know, and then these child children are hurling stones at them. I mean, what are they supposed to do? You know, Woody Allen under 85 pounds of army, you know, armor, and a full gun with a full clip, and he's unloading into this 13-year-old girl. The poor Jews are a little sliver of democracy in a hostile world. They're a little bit of the West. We can really identify with them. I don't identify with people who shoot 13-year-old girls. Do you, listener to Goyfire, do you identify with that Jew taking out that girl? Is that the side you're on, these fucking little kikes? You're paying for it. You know, everything the Jews do has a big made-in-USA stamp on it. I mean, I mean, the, the portion of the goods that they have that they haven't already sold to China. Uh, these people, these are our friends? Shit. The man who tells you Israel is our friend is your enemy. Enemy of you, your family, your neighborhood, your state, your nation, your community. Israel is not our friend. It's not Western. It's a bunch of racist, white-hating, loxist Jews who mean us ill. We never had any problems with all this stuff until we let Jews into our country. And we allowed them to take control of our media and reteach us who we are and come up with a bogus national narrative that, that lies about what America was founded to be. And we here at Goyfire, and you listening to this, are part of the reaction that is going to reclaim our nation or at least forge a new white nation. I don't like to look back. We can't reverse what happened the last 40 years. But what we can do is go forward to something better. And what that better means and can only mean is not conservative. It's not one man, one vote. It's a white nation for white people. All right, and the system knows this just as well as, as you and I listening to this do because they know if they allowed even an unattractive state let me tell you here, I'm not afraid to offend the good people of Wyoming. Maybe I'm a little biased against it because I had a crash there one time in a, in a car, but uh, say they gave the least attractive state in the, in the Union called it Wyoming, and they said this is going to be a whites-only state. Now, Wyoming's population today is, well, I don't know what it was, but it was only a few hundred thousand. Let's say it's 400,000. What do you think Wyoming's population would be if all the laws that we would put in place here at Goyfire were, were allowed to be put in place in Wyoming? And it was to become a white reserve, like the Indians had reserves. What do you think the population of Wyoming would be in, in, in one year after that 
law is put through. What do you think in two years? What do you think in five years? I think it would be up in the millions very quickly, even given the fact that Wyoming has no water and way too much wind. And I, I further think that people running this country know that. They know that damn well, and that's why you'll never see the return of white free association that will have to be taken from them at the cost of blood, because free association only means that whites will work to exclude Jews now that they have the Internet to understand what the Jew is. And so they will never allow it to us legally. They will work to further restrict our rights by combining with niggers like this ridiculous uh, Maddox down in Springfield to say, well, you're going too far, this is hate. We're not going to allow you to distribute your publication any longer. Hate speech, we've rescinded the First Amendment. Now, what they, they won't rescind it, they'll try to keep it, but claim that hate speech is not political speech. No, dude, political speech is, is you know, being a stripper or something, or a pornographer. But political speech has nothing to do with free speech. It never did. I don't know where you got that crazy racist anti-Semitic notion. <laughs> what, are you some kind of a sicko? You know, they lie about Lincoln. I mean, they call him a great liberator, and he, he killed all kinds of people. Got 600,000 Americans killed. He shut down dozens of papers. He threw congressmen in jail for uh, talking against him. Well, he's a great liberator, you know. So they'll lie about anything, and they'll kill anybody. So you have to join the resistance, and we are the true resistance. It's sure not the, it's not the clowns like Fleming who are... Who are in the end, they're part of the system, and they believe all of its lies about human equality and the Holocaust. And they show themselves to be little, weak men, and you will never get a revolution out of scared, tiny, homunculi, homunculi fleas like Thomas Fleming, coward. Okay? Whites are where it's at. And we need more good people like you listening to this to join us. That means going to bnnforum.com, participating, helping put out our paper, The Aryan Alternative which is still creating a stir months after number three came out. That lazy fucking editor would get off his ass and produce number four and probably produce even more of a stir. But uh, I'll have to talk to him. But, uh, you know, uh, literally literally months after after we put them out, and still people are still pissed off about it. So it's about time to, to piss off the bees again and steal more of their honey and say, hey, our people created the First Amendment. We are using it. And <laughs> what you say, we, we don't care, nigger. Get it? We don't care. <laughs> and see, that's what niggers haven't heard for a hell of a long time. They're used to everybody kissing their ass. So we don't give a shit what niggers say or the Jews that wrote in on them. <laughs> Fuck you, Jews. And you yeah, see, well, only, only determination and standing up to the Jews is the only thing that can work. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with Jebu or any of that crap. Christians are never, ever going to revolt or stand up. They never have. I mean, the people they, the Christians conquered, who do they conquer? I mean, they conquered a bunch of savages. Who didn't even fight back, and half the time they were fighting with them. When we had the challenge, what the white nationalists in Germany did to retake their country from the Jew was truly impressive. And to damn near liberate all Europe from the Jew was damned impressive, given the numbers in the fight. So, I want to throw in one other thing here that, that was funny. It was a video I saw that was, uh, uh, if I may free associate freely, uh, was a video about a couple of hikers, and I cannot recall the name of it, but anyway, they decided to make an unprecedented they were British, an unprecedented uh, ascent of the north face of some mountain in the Andes. Uh, and uh, they, they had a bunch of problems on the way back down, and one of them fell in a crevasse, and he had broken his leg. And uh, he, he had been raised a Catholic, and he said, and then, it, then it, I'd always read these stories about how, you know, in moments of trial, your faith came back to me. And he said, I sat there, and, and I thought, and, and nope, not a damn thing. <laughs> he's, he's, I realized, like, 
if anyone was going to save me, it wasn't going to be God. I had to do it. And he said, not for a moment did any kind of faith or anything come back. And that fucker with a broken leg managed to crawl himself out of this horrible crevasse and down like miles, down back to the base camp where they'd already burned his clothes, taken him for dead. So you tell me there's faith or not. Fuck you fucking religious liars. We have the balls. The only difference between religious and non-religious people is that the non-religious have a higher average character and IQ than the religious people. And that will stand. And we aren't afraid. The Christians are afraid. The fear is with the Christians. There's much less fear with us non-believers. Because we don't have to make shit up to make ourselves feel good. Everything you've heard in this goy fire is true. And as William Pierce said, you go fucking look it up. I don't lie. Go look it up. Everything I said can be documented. Everything. I don't have to make it up. I'm just putting it in order, arranging the word strings and arranging the conception so that you get a complete grasp of the context in which we all have to live and how we can make it better. And I say we. It's not me. I just do what I do. Stan does what he does. Aegis does what he does. But we need you with us to make this happen. And more and more people are starting to realize, thanks to the Internet, and thanks to the Internet, without it, none of this would be possible. And in whatever form you can help, Start helping us, and let's make it happen. Yeah, we have our final TJB segment of the program. London, fugitive Russian oligarch Boris Brevzovsky, who was granted political asylum in Britain, said Friday he would sell his business assets to his friend Badri Patarkatshishvili, <laughs> Loud. Yeah. I am going to sell all of my assets, not only Commerçant, a publishing house, he said. Well, he's this a, is he's a looking kike, isn't he? Who is this, uh, Berezovsky? Mm. Mm. Refused to specify the list of business structures he intended to sell or their approximate value, calling it a commercial secret. Brzezlowski said the move was motivated by, quote, the political pressure on business by those discontented with the current state of affairs. They're not liking uh, Putin. I wonder if that uh, Patarkatis really is a uh, Jew. I would assume until proven otherwise he was, but I don't know for a fact that he is. But I know that there are, what, eight or nine oligarchs and all but one were Jews. But, uh, yeah, this is a tough, seedy-looking Jew, this uh, Berezovsky a uh, billionaire. He's a, he's operating out of England now, and this this is the kind of Jew that wrecks a nation. He's he's the Russian equivalent of uh, Sumner Redstone. He's purveying filth to Russian miners and encouraging diversity and what they call democracy, which is a sham, uh, and uh, ought to be gotten rid of. You know, it, it, guys like Berezovsky ought to be in jail, not David Irving. But guess which guess whose side the British government takes. It allows the uh, so-called Austrian government to abuse its citizens simply for speaking his mind about uh, history, and, and it sucks up to uh, Jewish billionaires like uh, Berezovsky. We got to retake power from them. I don't. There's nothing else to say about it. These people right. are historical nation wreckers. That's what they've always been called. They wreck nations. They wreck nation by lying about its history, by telling it it's not made of the people who made it, and they didn't do what they did, and. and Here's how you're going to be from now on, and if you disagree, you're a hater, we're going to throw you in jail. That's what's going on. Yeah, well, almost how they frame this article, it's almost as if Russia itself is is uh, a place that's worthy of uh, of shame and uh, that this 
businessman had to uh, get out of town. Well, you know, Aegis, the measure of any nation is how it treats its Jewish billionaires. And if it doesn't <laughs> allow them to get away with viciousness and crimes and stealing state assets and selling them for its private gain, then, then it's, it's obviously an evil nation. There's something wrong with the place. <laughs> yeah, they, it, it does make you wonder. It makes you wonder what Putin's uh, up to, but... And I don't feel I don't like commenting on myself. I don't know. You know, I don't I don't feel confident explaining what motivates Putin. I have to work from the outside in, and I just see what he's doing and, and keep noting that and, and trying to come up with the explanation. But it seems that when Russia went from communist to capitalist, i.e., from these Jews to those Jews, or these Jews to these Jews under different names. You know, they transferred, they just simply took whatever assets the state had, which was pretty much everything since they were communists, and they sold them off, and these Jews or those Jews got a little bit richer, and those Jews maybe got a little bit poorer or just shape-shifted, and uh, Putin doesn't like some of that, and he's trying to get some of it back and get some uh, government control. But I don't know that Putin's an anti-Semite. Nice to see him have Hamas come through, though. Democratically elected Hamas, right? Just like Hitler was democratically elected, so was Hamas. It's, 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 the Jews are so brazen and so open. I mean, you must have elections. You must have elections. You must have elections. I mean, they're so, in some ways, kind of stupid. Well, 90, well, our figures show that 90% supports this group that wants to drive the Jews into the sea. You must have elections. Hey, uh, okay, we had elections. This group was elected. Well, that's not democratic. <laughs> we, we, we want you to vote again and vote for the 10% party because this is a democracy. Don't you know what that means? It means you vote for who the Jews tell you to vote for or else it's illegitimate. I mean, it, you would think it would become at some point too brazen and, and 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 hypocritical for the dumbest person on earth not to notice, but apparently we haven't crossed that line yet. You know, but it's almost like it's it's the fallacies of a control freak that they can actually control the outcome of events. Well, they can manipulate stuff, but I mean, what did they think was going to happen? Uh, do they believe? Do they really believe their own lies? You know, you you. That that I think that is the the key. That's the key. At some point, they begin to believe it, and that is a big weakness. And it, it it has to be that they've simply gone so long. It's a genetic preconditioning to think they're always right, and and they're all that matters. They are completely they're paranoid solipsists, which is kind of a it's an oxymoron, but it's not a contradiction. They're extremely hostile to outsiders. At the same time, they don't really believe anything outside them exists so that they can't really believe that they're hated as much as they deservedly are. So they say, vote, vote, vote. Well, they're going to vote for these guys, and then they do. And then, well, why, why do you vote for them? Well, couldn't you predict that was going to happen? It's insane. Bomb or imprison them, then, because it didn't work out. <laughs> and you've got, you know, you've got Bush, and you've got this uh, black woman in the, who are kind of the facade in the front, and they, the things they say are increasingly disoriented and, and senseless. And diversity can't stand this, the, the constant pressure forever it, because there's no there there. There's no substance backing it. It's just people who've been lying for so long that I guess eventually the Soviet Union type thing will happen. It will just kind of crack because it, it doesn't correspond to any reality other than pure power. We have the power to do this. We tell these lies and just keep repeating and repeating and repeating them. Keep bombing people, bombing people, bombing people. And... At the end of the day, you know, if you get away with stuff, you're going to keep doing it. And and 
I guess at first maybe you think you'll be caught or whatever, but in the end, you know, you just, you, you, it's so, they never get any criticism from anybody, so they have no reality check on what they think or what they do. It's like they're now flipping the switch on the same mechanical process that led to the war against Iraq, but this time it's Iran, and there's no countercheck. No one's going out and blowing up. No one's going to, uh, say, Charles Crothammer's home tonight and killing him in bed. You know, so there's no check on these warmongering liars and their actions. Now, say if there was, I, if you saw even, even one of these neocon warmongers who was just killed as a, as a political move because he had, say, gotten some, say the angry, pissed off father of, of a, a, say a male Sheehan decided to kill one of these neocon warmongers, whether a politician or a writer, right? I think every one of those fuckers would be about 25% more cautious the very next morning. I really believe that because, as I've said so many times, they've gone, literally decades without any criticism. No, nobody in public life will criticize the Jews. Nobody. Is that an overstatement? Anybody who has made the mildest factual criticism of the Jews has been driven out of public office. James Moran, Cynthia McKinney, uh, uh, who's the, the senator in Illinois, uh, Simon. Uh, they dared to speak out, all those people. Um, they've gone so long without criticism that they, in many ways they've lost the reality check and they've come to believe their own bullshit thereby endangering the entire world because they're, what they're doing is really is insane. And it really is stimulating a global war. And it's, for you Americans, I mean, it's getting us hated by everybody. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it's not good to care too much about what the other guy thinks. But the other guys are all saying the same thing, and the fact is they're right. What we're doing in, in, uh, under excuses provided by Jews is really is vicious and nasty stuff and shouldn't be right. done. And and whole portions of the world are just being closed off to us and uh, will be closed off for for decades to come just because yeah. of the animosity there. Even and the French would not accept, for example, the Germans after World War One for at least two generations because of the carnage uh, that took place. Now, this we're talking about World mm -hmm. War One here, people. This was not, had nothing to do with National Socialism. So... Uh, any type of war, just people are just going to remember that relative got their leg blown off, uh, that person, my you know brother or immediate family had to suffer this or that, and people don't forget those things. But but Americans never even, I, I don't think that the average Christian patriotard who you know believes in Jim Robinson and Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and, and Bill O'Reilly and Ann Coulter. They buy into that sphere of things. I don't think for a moment it crosses their mind that anything but that these Arabs deserve to be blown up. And I don't. I think very, very much the Christian mentality plays into that. You know, you're always to good and evil, and man's got to be saved and blah blah. What if you don't need to be saved? What if there's no great drama about life? And and it conditions them to think in these just utterly irrational terms and these violent blacks and whites and. And they like that stuff because they don't have the mentality to understand anything else en masse. And so if they are led by the wrong people, they are a very dangerous force. And these people, who's leading them today? You know, you got these Twinkies like Ann Coulter up there talking about, we got to kill all the ragheads and convert them to Christianity. And she did call them literally ragheads at the CPAC convention. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a neocon appeaser. That's a Jew appeaser, Ashkenazi appeaser's idea of courage. You know, going before right, a think, bunch of idiot Republicans and calling Muslims ragheads. Right, uh, and think you're about really it. brave, we, honey. 
we convert all of these ragheads to Christianity, what, then we're supposed to integrate them in this wonderful multicultural society? Sure. Ask Pat Robertson. The solution to America's social ills is, is ultimately intermarriage. You've got to marry into these niggers and these Mexicans. I know it may not seem very appealing, but that's what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus loves little children of the world. Black, brown, yellow, white. Even the red and brown one that was opened up by the Israeli machine gun fire. Jesus loved her too. But she chose to stand against the Jews and you got to face the consequences. You know, these guys have 15 ways of... of whatever they say that the Christians are going to follow along. Literate, stupid, easily led, as the Washington Post described them. Dumb, poor, easily led. In an article about 10 years ago. I mean, that does characterize a lot of them. And... Their leaders are bought and paid for by Israel. They're all flown over to Israel and given guided tours, just like congressmen and just like the elite media. So they're, they're sympathetic to what Israel has to offer, or at the very least, if they're not, they keep their mouth shut because they see where the power lies, right? So that's why we're different here at Goyfire, because we're not afraid of that. We just tell you straight up what's going on. We tell you straight up what you need to do about it, what we are doing about it. We encourage you to join our team. Yeah, we don't even care if you're a Christian. <laughs> what I see happening? We're that I big. Mean, just, there, we're that big. There, yeah. Oh, yes, we are. Uh, well, what I—I I mean, there is always this. Uh, I, I, white nationalists always speak about these different types of scenarios happening. One scenario that's pretty popular is that this bad leadership just bankrupts us, bankrupts us economically, socially, morally, yeah. and at that point, people will receive our message and. My thinking has sort of changed on this. Uh, I think at that point what we have is a bankrupted, hungry, starving, and ineffectual mass of people that need to get organized uh, into into something else. And uh, if we compare two large populations, let's say Germany and the United States at, in the Great Depression, we saw... You know, the same forces we're talking about now consolidate the U.S. into a negative force, and the Germans uh, consolidate actually into a positive force. I mean, the same thing could happen. And Russia, as another example, you had a complete bankruptcy, the, the loss of World War One, total poverty, and you saw the consolidation of a negative and even worse power structure. Yeah. I think the difference here so is we got I, uh, the racial mixing because we got a uh, Germany they had they had a lot of soldiers a lot of men who were under arms and they're used to the military way coming back doing battle with Jew-led socialists Jew-led communists trying to affect the USSR style revolution here we got it's a, it's it, yeah it could get it definitely could get worse it could always get worse but it would take a little different form because we got we now got a country that's full of Asians and Mexicans let alone the blacks and it's just a, it's a it's a mix and uh and I think uh, people, knows, a, a lot of white nationalists have to take that to heart, that it's not a given. Once we lead to this bankruptcy, once everybody's hungry and demoralized, that we're just going to inherit things. It could go either way. The thing is, now, and like I, I say, you know I disparage Christians and libertarians and uh, uh, conservatives a lot, even though I do consider myself a true conservative. Um, if I were to take any kind of a label, that's what it would be. But um, under the circumstances, we don't need the conservative mentality. We need a, uh, we need anger and action, but we need 
we need anger, hot anger that, that is disciplined into organization. It is difficult to create organization because of the external constraints imposed by hostile media environment, and, and it's literally being illegal in many ways to organize since we're denied the ultimate tool, which is really all we need, which is free association. That's illegal in the name of civil rights, uh, which is a paradox you can believe the Jews appreciate because free association would be a civil right, and that's why the Jews deny it to us uh, in the name of civil rights, the most effective way. Anyway, we, we, uh, we just have to have the arguments, and the people who, people who are middle class and who are making money and who are relatively, comparatively happy are not going to revolt. But if we can keep them aware of our arguments, there may come a day when, say, their savings are wiped out by hyperinflation or depression or, or some, some other problem. And at that point, the thinking is they may be willing to listen a little more because they're not going to listen when their bellies are full generally. The small percentage that's intellectual can see through things might be interested in what we have to say, but the majority is going to be uh, suckers and, and simply have other interests. Yeah, the majority is then going to just have to take orders uh, because that's the only thing that's going to be left to them. But at that but point, they can choose the question they orders from to some extent. If, if the if the power structure falls apart and people are left in their own little areas, who can yell the loudest and who has the most guns to take control is what it's going to be. The armed warring gangs or people naturally hiving off into their their racial groups. What's it going to be? So you have to think about it locally and nationally. We all face the same problem from the same source, but the local organizations are going to are going to uh, uh, have to be the, the local people connections have to be in place. And that's where we're pretty weak right now uh, and need to get stronger. But I think during times of peace and during times of comparative plenty, what we can do is offer us kind of a superior way of life. And despite their portraying us as haters and really vicious, evil people, no, we're actually better focused. We focus on staying out of debt and staying off of Jewish television. We focus on intellectual things, reading, and, and actually developing real skills and uh, um living honorable Aryan lives, living white, as we put it. That's our focus when, when times are uh, comparatively well off. That's what we have to offer that's different. Uh, more honor. We have more honor than, than what the commercial system has. You know, you, you go to school until you're 35, and you work for you know some government thing until you're old and used up. And Where's the life in that? We have some actual life in what we do, a purpose, a meaning. And we have specific things to do that are exciting. We have more than what commercial bourgeois society has to offer of pretending that everything's great and being in it for money and pussy and knowing that there's there's nothing else real in the world than those. They have respectability, huh? Yeah, yeah. They have respectability from the other people who are all looking to their side to see what the other guys think and so they know what to do. We're not like that. We're free men. Well, certainly the majority is not going to choose what we have to say, although they might agree with our political solution. But um, right now we're going for the upper end. And then when the time comes, if we're organized properly and we get our chance, we will say to people, look, here's what caused your problems. Here's what we're going to do about it. Come with us. And I believe plenty of people will. But when the Jews control the, when, when people aren't starving and the Jews control the TV, you're not going to make overly huge inroads. But in fact, look at it this way. Look at how all the white media has grown in the last couple of years since we started in 2005. Look at how many more sites there are for news and opinion and commentary. Good stuff. And look at the forums and the huge growth of uh, the different forums out there. 
Look at the increasing sophistication. Look at how white men are leaving mass TV. Look at what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of positive signs, and this is a period of comparative economic calm. Why are, why are people coming to us? Why does nobody ever go from us to Fox News? They all come here from Fox. Because more and more intelligent, middle-class people like you listening to this are coming to realize, like, look, the Republicans don't represent me. They represent another side of the problem. The same beast, two wings of the same beast of prey that's eaten on the dying American. Uh, you know, a carrion bird feasting on us. Race doesn't exist. You know, that that's the lie that America is founded on. The new America is grounded on. And uh, <laughs> you can bet your ass that it, it, that's not true. Race does exist. It matters hugely. And you know that. And you need to have political expression for that point of view. And that's what we represent. We at Goy Fire and the Area Alternative and VNN, VNNforum.com. So join VNN Forum and participate. Lots of stuff for you to do. Right, well, I think that sounds like a pretty good uh, closing statement. And uh, on that note, uh, Stan, uh, I want to thank you uh, for manning the wires uh, and we switchboards. Hope, yeah, thanks, Stan, and, and, and thanks, Aegis, uh, for uh, getting the topics and the show ID in the first place. And, uh, of course, we hope Jane will be with us next time. Maybe we'll have a report from uh, Amron if we didn't yeah, we're, spill the beans. Let him sneak in there and catch him saluting salute, uh, Amron's salute to Jews week. Yeah, <laughs> let's see what they say if they have anything funny there. We don't worry about the kosher racialists. We worry about our own thing, and it's growing all the time. I mean, we keep have more and more people. We are now on much better hosting, and like I said, I encourage people to check out CableBayInternet.com if you want a host that has reliable hosting at a reasonable price and will not kick you off for political content. You don't have to be a white nationalist. You could just be a conservative or you could even be a liberal. They'll host you. They're not going to harass you for your political point of view. And uh, to a large extent, to succeed in, in what we're doing, whites have to be vertically integrated. We have to control absolutely every facet of every operation so that we can uh, know that we will not be infiltrated and interfered with by Jews. And that's what we do, and we've proclaimed that in our banner, no Jews just right. That means... No Jews are involved in the production of what you read here at VNN. No Jews are involved in the ownership or management of anything VNN-related. So you know you're getting something straight from my goyish mind or our goyish lips to your ears and your head and your heart. You're getting something unlike what you can find. Everything else in the newsstand that you read comes through Jews. It's Jew-mediated, but not this. And that's why it sounds so different. And that's why it sounds so American. Whereas that kike on TV... Stirring up hatred of Iran. He's no American. He's some fucking kike. And he's not thinking about your interests like we are. So we hope you'll join us, whatever form you can, even if it's yeah. just listening and telling others about the show. Right, exactly. Uh, I'll second that motion. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find our feed at goyfire.com. Uh, you can also get involved at vnnforum.com. What do we got? How many how many members do we have? Let me I'm check. Oh, we just hit exactly 4,900 at this broadcast. So we'll start. Uh, I'll start mentioning that on each show. We'll see how far we come between shows. Yeah. But that's a good number of people. And uh, more important is the quality of the threads, which is I think pretty high now. We got it just about right. We got free speech and we got it pretty well moderated. And you can discuss all the issues of the day, even if you're an anti, even if you're a Jew, you can get on there and, and say what you think, and you'll be allowed to. 
because we're exemplifying the America that we like, we prefer, and we will build again. So. And send us your comments at info at com. We didn't get to L-Mail this time, but uh, we are planning on it for next show. So uh, send in your comments, and we will uh, address them. I have one more thing to say. We are the good guys. I like <laughs> All right. Uh, this <laughs> there it is. Uh, okay. Right. Well, thanks for listening. Till next time, America. This is Aegis. Wishing you the best of goodbyes. You have been listening to Goyfire on the Vanguard News Network. Bandwidth supplied by CableBayInternet.com. Reliable free speech hosting solutions. Each VJ should refer to Michael Jackson as the King of Pop at least twice each VJ segment over the next week. Specialty shows such as Yo! Top 20 Most Wanted, Fade to Black, etc. Refer to Michael Jackson as the King of Pop at least once per show per week for the next two weeks. Fox and BET are already doing this. The Aryan Alternative, news and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. The problem is for the next generation. That's when the hurt's going to come by. Let's kick that gringo in the ass. Come on. Let's go. It's burning. They're taking over, and, and you're a racist pig if you resist. Go back to Europe. It's a war. I'm a painter. In the last two years, I started buying guns. You don't make anything better by adding 30 million Mexicans to it, do you? I'm not going to sit by on my couch and get fat while my country disappears. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to hear from the founder of the Man Man Project? Okay, I'm going I'm to show you an armed vigilante right here. These are our weapons. The, the reforms in immigration that have completely altered this country have been the result really of elite um, sentiment, and, and frankly, you know, ethnic interest group lobbying and so on. The Democratic Party sees massive immigration, both legal and illegal, as a source of voters. On the other side, the Republican Party sees massive immigration, both legal and illegal, as a source of cheap labor. There is absolutely no immigration law enforcement, which means we have no borders, which means we have no nation. If we don't choose this border, again, as the line in the sand, to our own government about what we the people demand and what we expect from the government, you know, uh, then uh, you might as well just check it in and make sure there's something good on TV every night and stay out of their way. Don't do anything wrong because you won't stand a chance. The United States government has refused to effectively protect the southern border with Mexico for 40 years. Average American citizens are now banding together to stand up against a government they feel no longer represents their interests. 
October Sun Films presents The Line in the Sand, a documentary by Byron Jost. Visit octobersunfilms.com for more information. Free your mind of its alleged thought crimes with Vanguard Radio.